0: Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2018. My name is Amato, and
1: with me are... Tori. And Dom. And how are you all tonight? Doing good. I just, I was trying not to breathe, so we had silence from the microphone, so I'm just, uh... a. <laughs> Yeah. A little out of breath here. If you can
2: stop that breathing habit, I'd yeah.
1: appreciate it. It's hard, you know. It's really I, hard you to know stop everyone has, I've been trying to quit. Everybody who's br- breathed has died. Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: The, the thing that the, the government doesn't want you to know.
1: A uh, cautionary tale.
2: Yeah. Also, everybody who's drunk water, so you should probably stay away from that. So. I
1: do feel like people <laughs> who stop breathing
0: also die, but I could be wrong. <laughs> How are you doing, Murdo? Pretty good. My hmm. summer school teaching job just ended, so... That's a lot of stress off of my back, and now it's lots of spending time with kids for the remaining two weeks of summer.
1: Hmm. As opposed to what you were doing before. Which was
0: uh, spending a lot of time with kids yeah. and teaching summer school. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> lots of kids all the time. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, good... right. Older kids. Yeah. That was that was where I was going with that. I see. It might have slid right by you. Um, it slid right past <laughs> me
0: because like you, a four-year-old and yeah. a high school student are not like the same word the
1: same. in my mind yeah that's fair um <laughs> well i hope uh, i hope the kids are well mm-hmm. oh yeah they're thriving um they're they should be sleeping hopefully, hopefully. yeah so we, should we, we should need better we banter, banter. <laughs> should we, wait what <laughs> i said we need better banter uh i know we really do i'm like hey, I ha- amato how's the kids yeah and that's you know we can do that or not. We can do anything we want.
2: I've been preoccupied with setting up all the equipment so that you guys have been talking my ear off in the meantime, so you guys can...
1: Yeah, we should have we should have used, saved our Utena <laughs> conversation for this moment, but that's yes. okay. What this desperately needs is a extremely long yeah. Utena tangent. Mm-hmm. Well, it's about to happen. All right, no, never mind. Let's <laughs> get back to the material here because this is uh, not as good as Utena, but actually pretty interesting.
0: Well, I chose this specifically for you two, because our fanfic is Sailor Trek, A Borg to Remember. Oh, thank you. Which, let me say, Mm -hmm. it's not a great title. Mm -hmm. Could be better.
1: Yeah, I don't really get the Borg to Remember part. Uh, Well,
0: there was a Borg, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. and do you remember it?
1: Uh, Oh, I do. Okay, there you go. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's all coming together.
2: This is a reference to A Day to Remember?
1: I guess I mean, it yes. seems like a, a phrase night to remember. Is one of the Star Trek
2: episodes called something? Uh, long? Oh, maybe. I mean, they're a triple to remember.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a triple to remember.
1: Uh,
0: anyway, this fanfic was by Bill Harris. It is the sequel to Sailor Trek: The Dilithium Dilemma, which is a crossover between Sailor Moon and original series. This is the second in the series, and then there are also sequels that crossover with Deep Space Nine and Voyager. Respectively,
1: It's like a very, like, sequenced, ordered kind of thing they went about here. Like, I need to do every Star Trek series. I mean, as a geek, I totally relate to that need to, like,
0: make everything fall into place.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So why'd you pick this one for for
0: us to read as opposed to the original one? Because as a group, we don't really care about original series.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, I mean... I already said that I love next-gen. I, I right. lived off of next-gen. I understand that up. both of you had a lot of next-generation exposure. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. That was the only... that was. I watched that every single day as a kid. Like, just repeats. Like, you know
2: Remember that time. back in the day where you could only watch what they displayed that day at certain times?
1: Oh, yeah. And they had, like, you know, a cable you'd hook into the back of your TV. No, like, no, we just had make antennas. A, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Or those. And they it would, would like, come cost. out of the air somehow.
2: And, like, if you miss an episode, you just missed it. You just it was, missed it, It was yeah. gone forever. Well, uh,
1: yeah. It, or unless you set up your VHS player to record it, but, like, you'd have to know it was coming on. But, but
2: then you'd be there. You, you could watch it.
1: Yeah. Couldn't you set a timer?
2: Or maybe...
1: No?
2: I I don't know. We'll have to ask. Remember when
1: you had to, like, hire, you had to call your neighbor to be like, hey, can you turn on the VCR and record this for me, because I'm out of town? I don't think any of our neighbors liked us. (laughs) (laughs) Not that much. No, no. Yeah, I don't think ours did either.
0: Honestly, at this point, I've probably seen more original series than Next Generation, which Mm -hmm. isn't saying a whole lot, because I haven't seen much of either. But Next Generation was definitely the Star Trek when we were growing up.
1: Yeah, And definitely. so people would
0: occasionally, like, raise that, you know, old geek argument when there were only two Star Trek series of, like, Kirk or Picard. And I was like, wait, I didn't understand why that was a question. Obviously, Picard is way awesome and Kirk is just, like, some dude. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, I agree
1: with that. I had such a big crush on Captain Picard. I can see that.
2: I just wanted to rub his head.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I saw Patrick Stewart and. um... Edward Bond's bingo when I was in London and I, he threw a snowball at me and it hit me. This is a true story. So, what? This is a true story. I saw him. We, we sat in like the front row because we had those six pound like filler seats mm. that students get. And yeah, I saw him on the stage and it was a tiny little stage and it was like almost at ground level, like, a couple feet off the ground, and so I could have, like, reached out and touched Patrick Stewart, and it was one of the best moments of my you have life. Yeah, better willpower than I will ever have. <laughs> I was so close. I was like, his foot is right there in front of my hand. I, I could just lick it. You just I could just lick, could just lick could his just bald lick head right now. I
2: could just lick it and leave. and <laughs> They can arrest me, but they'll never take away what happened.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, Dom, I mean, you know... <laughs> I guess I'm glad I'm not you. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't and really mean that. Have you heard the news that
0: Patrick Stewart is set to reprise his role yeah. of Picard? What?
2: Yeah, that was a really? new uh, yep. Comic-Con That's right. Interesting.
0: They're doing some like channel-exclusive Star Trek series, and he's going to be Picard again? Probably not as a captain. Was he's it not a movie? sure.
2: Or was it a series? Series,
1: maybe? I don't know.
2: It was a something.
0: I mean, that'd
1: be great. I I do, I do. love his acting. Like, I may not be as obsessive as I was when I almost grabbed his leg in the Shakespeare play when I was 23, but I do love him. Well, this
0: fanfic... Uh, we're providing a link to it at bit.ly that's bit.ly slash rfr Sailor Shrek and it is currently hosted on the website The Best Sailor Moon Fan Fiction on the Net which I'm probably going to return to a few times over the course of this show Um, originally it seems like it was probably posted to Sailor Moon Romance which is um, a like kind of lost site that archived a whole lot of Sailor Moon fanfic it's sort of half up now they retrieved like A through F or something it's kind of strange but in my web research I also found that this fanfic, and in fact the whole series of four, is available
1: translated into German. Oh, well that's great, because uh, personally I prefer only to read in German. Okay, well I can give you the link. <laughs> you can. You,
0: so can much probably, much. you can probably find it if you search for it. Yeah. Well, uh, if
1: I knew any German, I could. But it's not machine translated. A fan like sat down uh, and translated them. That's dedication. Yeah. I really think. And that's one of the things that really fascinates me about this old fan culture, is uh-huh. that there is dedication now. It's like there's fandoms for specific fan fiction now. Yeah. So it's it's like the fandom created a piece of media, and now there's a fandom for that piece of media. Right. Mm-hmm. It's very tiered.
2: I feel like you're explaining how Homestuck came into being.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I think when I first started to read Homestuck, I was also fascinated with because, you know, I was an adult and not a child, and children really got into that. But uh, I was like, oh, this is such a really interesting like sociological anthropological kind of piece here like what is happening
2: my germans on my to learn list so when that happens this will probably be the first thing i read (laughs) i forget the you know
0: classics Uh, wait wait this is the classics Yeah, there was no the classics media created before 1990.
2: Well, you know, I think like from 1980 or something. Oh, you
0: awesome. know what? Yeah. That's right. I I don't have what year this came out. I guess I didn't look oh. track that down. Um, but and the authors
2: note they mentioned writing it in 1995. Okay, there you go. Uh, I,
0: that's what I would have guessed because it's based on the Sailor Moon dub. And yes. for yes. a long time, only the first two seasons were out as a dub. And there was a few that years before S came yes. out.
1: Um, and this is, you know, up through R, right? It's post-R dub. Somebody, yeah, somebody probably did watch through R and was like, I need more Sailor Moon in my life and didn't know what else to do. So let's cross it over with Next Generation.
0: Yeah, I mean, why not?
2: <laughs> well, they also talked about, at the end of the author's notes, crossing it over with Highlander. So I think yeah. this oh, person my God.
0: just crossed over with everything. everything. This That's... author also wrote a Sailor Moon ha- Highlander crossover, yes. It's like everything and... that I
1: liked when I was, like,
0: nine. Yeah, but I... Like I read this fanfic and it makes sense. Like yeah, okay, you can cross over like Star Trek mm-hmm. and Sailor Moon. They've got stuff to do. What do you do in a Sailor Moon Highlander crossover? Yeah, Motto,
1: I'm still stuck on the point where you said that you can cross over Sailor Moon and Star Trek, and there's stuff to do. And like that sense. was very intuitive to you. <laughs> that personally yeah. was not very intuitive to me. It came out so as a little too natural. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. Like if
0: I was doing it, mm-hmm. there would be a Sailor Vulcan showing up. But um, and this is going and a different just, route. That's just
1: normal for you. You just thought that, and that was like okay.
0: Well, Sailor Vulcan and a Sailor mm-hmm. what's the Klingon homeworld?
1: Oh, uh,
2: I
0: don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that much of a nerd, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm not I much recognize of a Star Trek person. Like, a Sailor I'm Vulcan,
2: and like a Sailor Remus or something. There you go. Yeah. yeah.
0: Sailor what, what's the Romulan homeworld? Oh, that's what you're saying. Romulus and Romulus. Romulus.
2: Yeah. Uh, uh, Remus
1: yeah. is, is its moon where oh. the lesser citizens live. Of wow. course it is. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. That well, That was impressive. See, I, I, I'm not that much of a nerd. I'm, you know, reading a Sailor Moon and Star Trek. It was from like fan fiction. I'm not the most. That was nerd. from from like the last
2: um, Next Generation movie. Mm. Um, Nemesis. Mm, was that the yeah. one
1: where Data gets emotions? No, that's no, not all that them. was okay. <laughs> and like every You're other right. episode. <laughs> that was the one I see. Anyway, that, I was, thinking, where where about, I was thinking about that movie, this, because I, I, wanted to watch that one again. I think that was the one that starts with the C. Could First pick Contact? Pick. For, no, no. Legend of Gold? I'm not, not going to remember. Electric Boogaloo? <laughs> You're just making up words. Speaking of
0: reading Sailor Moon Star Trek crossovers, did either of you look at the fanfic that this is a sequel to?
2: I was almost tempted.
1: Almost. Yeah, almost. I, I had enough with this. And I honestly, like you said before, mm-hmm. motto, I'm not as big a fan of the original Star Trek as I am of the later ones. Yeah. I get the
2: impression that most Star Trek fans nowadays
1: aren't so hot on the original series. I like it, like, especially I like watching the Star Trek uh, animated one of the mm-hmm. original series. I find that pretty amusing and fun, even though the like, animation quality is not great. I just think it's great and fun to watch. But also, it's very corny. It's not like, I don't know, it's different to me. It wasn't yeah. like the media I grew up with quite enough.
2: Also, I figured if I had any questions about it, I could just ask you you about it, Amada. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh...
0: I now remember the names of the main characters' original series, and that's about it. Oh, but you mean the first fanfic here? Yeah, yeah. Uh, all I know is what we picked up from the fanfic. I was just going to say, it seems like in the original, the Enterprise gets pulled into the Sailor Moon universe, and yes, something, yes. something, Queen Beryl,
1: and... Yeah, something about Beryl. Something happened. It,
0: it seems and... like it was probably towards the end of the series, like because <laughs> Damien yeah. was brainwashed, and...
1: Oh, yeah, they um, mentioned that. And that did make me want to read it for a second, I thought about it. <laughs> anyway is that your favorite damien brainwashed <laughs> and there's not really a lot of good types of damien which i'm really struggling to say out loud right now they use the english they names, use the dub names the dub names yes they do so also, I could use mamoru basic... is darien which mm-hmm. is that is what i grew up with but i struggle now to say darien i could, I could
2: use a basic primer on who is who <laughs> all
1: right well ray yes. is right. ray
2: Right. <laughs> but it's spelled. spelled differently. Mina is Minako.
1: Okay.
0: Amy, i sorry, Ami is Amy. Right. After that, we start getting into Makoto being Lita.
1: Which doesn't make sense.
0: Well, I mean, it's it's just another name. It's a totally different name.
1: But it's not even related to Makoto at all.
0: Not at all. No. It's weird, because they go with Mina, but then Lita. So I don't know. Right. Lita, I don't know what to tell you.
1: See, Lita is the most confusing one to me, because is Lita even a name in English? <laughs> like, uh, I like to hear anyway. it. Your name. Wait, Maybe. who is Lita again?
0: I, uh, Makoto, Jupiter. Sailor Jupiter. Jupiter, okay. And then, of course, Usagi is Serena. Sure. And Mamoru is Darien. Darien. And the cats have their names.
2: Did they keep yeah. their Japanese last names? Mm-mm. So,
0: yes, Mm-mm. mostly. Darien is Darien Shields. Okay. Shields, which his original name is Mamoru. Right. So it Shiba makes sense. The they call him Chiba? They call oh. him Chiba in the fix. No, oh, really? Well, that is a continuity error that we will take yeah. the author to task for. Clearly.
2: And uh, <laughs> also, Ray's last name is Hino in this.
0: Yes, well, that is correct. See, like, my understanding is I never watched much of the dub. But it seems like early on, <laughs> they were the really reluctant to acknowledge that they were in Japan. And at the very least, by the Cloverway time, like, um, a different company the season three and four, but maybe before that, they're like, yeah, okay, whatever, we're in Japan. Like, it's Tokyo, yeah. fine. And so you end up with, like, Serena Tsukino or whatever. Yeah, it was
2: the dubbing problem that happened in series that were between, yeah. like... Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh-huh. In Pokemon time, it was uh, shut up and eat your hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> and at y- Yu-Gi-Oh time, yes. at that point, they just didn't give a shit. They were in Japan. They played Japanese cards. Well, right. Was- right.
1: Sailor Moon was before either Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. And it also is a really true. interesting thing. I actually remember seeing my first episode of Sailor Moon when I was in kindergarten, wow. which would have been 1993. So that happened. 93 um, or 94, I can't really remember but, yeah, it was it was way earlier when Deke first did their dub, and they really had a lot of issues. Like, the voice acting isn't great. Serena's voice in the dub is just, it's the most grating thing you've ever heard. It's like, ah, She's, like, lilting, like, sing-songy. Like, I can't even. It's like she's... Trying to be a bad opera singer half the,
2: the time. Next time you try that, give me warning so I could uh, turn down your your channel all the oh, way. My <laughs> bad.
1: So, I, you know, I tried and I failed. I didn't. All right, I could me. just I like plug the, the mic too. That'd be good. She's she just <laughs> this very sing song, and it's just wrong for especially for a teenager's voice. It sounds like she's like a middle aged, rich, pretentious woman wearing a feather boa and <laughs> stroking a fluffy cat.
0: Well, speaking of fluffy cats, the dub did did give us British Luna, mm-hmm. and my only complaint complaint about British Luna. Is that Artemis has no accent and he really should have had a stuffy British accent too? Like I would have been way on board for that. He, no,
1: he doesn't in the dub. He almost has like a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> it's a little strange. <laughs> hey, it's how like, you doing? Okay, <laughs> maybe not quite like that, but hey, he's but very I, like casual. We're gonna fight the forces of the negaverse or what? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So speaking of fighting the for-
0: forces of the negaverse or mega moon.
2: Yeah, I, I have uh, something here in my notes. Uh-huh. What the fuck is the negaverse? <laughs>
0: Oh. Oh. N- okay. So the Negaverse is just the Dark Kingdom. Well, because that's what it sounded like. But, but they defeated Barrel at this point,
2: so yes. should the Negaverse not be a thing? Well, the the Negaverse is Kingdom. just
0: the Dark Kingdom. But then they wanted to tie in the season two villains, so they were like, "Oh yeah, and these guys are also." From, from this neg- nebulous verse. thing
1: called the negaverse. Even though which, that makes no sense at all. I think it's just a way to say they're evil. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really do. They're, they're not related, but they both come from this dark nebulous energy called the energy of the negaverse. Mm-hmm. At least that's, that was my takeaway from the dub. That seems so. basically it. I'm no dub expert. Yeah. Um, I am it's of, been
0: a minute for me, but that's speak, what I recall. Speaking of parts of Sailor Moon continuity that I really do not give a shit about, our villain in this fanfic is Rubius. Yeah. Why? Oh well, I appreciate the reasoning because okay. they have a really good lead to bring him into the Star Trek universe, which is that right. like his time that traveling me? spaceship explodes and that's how he dies. That, that is actually fair. like
2: That's completely fair.
0: That is a but really good hook. It's just that having him be such a threat was just kind of like uh, it's like it's just Rubius, man. Like it's just he, Rubius. He, he yeah. Carries, he carries his jacket over his shoulder, and that's literally all I remember about him. But
2: where he is this in the same hair. timeline?
0: All right. So Please. this is the. He's the back half of Sailor Moon R, after they've done a filler arc for the manga to catch up, are time-traveling villains from the future. And so this is what sets up the lore of Crystal Tokyo in the future in the anime. Mm-hmm. And so basically these people are exiled oh, I don't know about the dub, but in the original. Yeah. these people it's the same these way. people or their ancestors at least, were exiled from yeah. the worldwide utopia for refusing to be cleansed by the silver crystal. And so it's really easy to make Neo-Queen Neo Queen Serenity into a, a like, super creepy totalitarian dictator. I was going to say, that these are just yeah. like
2: political dissenters? L-
0: l- let, me, let me just say, it's been done. <laughs> but the point is, they come back with a fleet of evil spaceships to like yes. you know bomb Crystal Tokyo, and then they go further back in time because um, Chibiusa Rini flees into the past with the silver crystal? That's the case in the manga. Yes. No, in the anime, she just yeah. flees into the past to find the silver crystal or something. Um, to
1: find the silver crystal, yeah, she has the time key, and she's trying to find the yeah. silver crystal, which is why she hooks up with Usagi in right. the anime to like get the silver crystal from her.
0: And so, Rubius is the first, um, you know, general level villain of this group of villains, and um, his subordinates are more interesting. His the people who follow him are more interesting. He he's got red hair some muscles, and a jacket.
2: What's the jacket sh- shoulder situation?
0: Uh, he
1: holds it over his shoulder. Okay. And that yeah. is the most important thing about it's Ruby pretty, that I can remember. <laughs> yeah. He holds a jacket over his shoulder. He's got hair that looks like fire. He's kind of yeah. hot. Yeah. Yeah. If I you think, like that sort of thing. I think some of the Spectre sisters are into him. Yeah,
0: um, that's true. Anyway, the point is, going into the fanfic itself, our mm-hmm. prologue is, he was last seen in the series because his UFO blew up. But it's a time-traveling spaceship, and it was destroyed by, like, messing with the reactor core on the inside. But
2: wouldn't so, that just be a U- an UFO, if they knew what it was?
0: <laughs> well, okay. you know, I, I assume tra- he knows what it is. <laughs> they call it a UFO. Okay? Yeah, come on. Uh, anyway, because he, his spaceship blew up, because the reactor was messed with from the inside, it is totally reasonable that instead of dying, he is sucked through some sort of portal to the Star Trek universe. Sure. And at this point in the fanfic, he's immediately set upon by a Borg cube, who are like, uh, "We're going to assimilate you," and he's like, we'll, "He's like, we'll see about that." And then, completely off camera, with no explanation, yeah. he takes over the Borg ship
1: because he's super powerful. That was the thing I was going to say earlier about this. Like, for some reason, he is extra super powerful. Like, well, okay. He's got I don't know, man. He's got evil black crystal earrings just like everybody else. Yeah, and just like everybody else in the whole goddamn world, <laughs> just right? Just
0: like everybody else in the Black Moon clan. <laughs> and you know, they have vaguely defined magic. So like I'm I'm kind of willing to be like, yeah, okay, so you can like take control of the Borg hive mind on this cube. I, but what makes it really funny is just that you don't see it and there's no explanation. Yeah. like that's that's me like being like okay maybe it's he like, can do this because this and it's just like not even addressed yeah, in the fanfic I just didn't know how to explain it
2: it's like it would have been fine if it was even more off screen like if he just showed up like, as a half boring hybrid uh-huh. instead of doing the intro of mm-hmm. him getting taken over also, I know you haven't seen a lot of Star Trek, but your uh, Borg impression was spot on. <laughs> yeah.
0: hey,
2: we're going like, to take you over, whatever? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Resistance exactly is like, um, yeah, yeah,
0: don't, don't, don't do it.
2: Just, don't yeah. It. yeah,
0: yeah. Don't okay. After that prologue, I give the fanfic props, because the very next thing it does is give the space the final frontier
1: speech. Yeah. And I will say one thing I was thinking of, Amado, since you haven't seen as much Star Trek, and maybe you hmm. don't recognize this, but... I thought that the structuring, the plot structuring and the dialogue was actually really spot on for an episode of Next Gen.
0: Yeah. Well, like
1: I was I believed this as an episode of Next Gen. I, I've
0: yeah. gotta say I had a similar reaction not from the structure, but mm-hmm. when I read this passage, I'm jumping ahead. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Data looked thoughtful for a moment. Theoretically, if we detonate a photon torpedo inside the flux, it should collapse it. But it would require modifying the torpedo to emit a warp field of the proper frequency to enter the flux, and to generate the proper temporal variance field to collapse it.
1: And I was like, "Okay, this is Star Trek." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, they've they got did it. a good job with the made-up uh, physics shit. <laughs> It's like, eh, that sounds right, okay. Which
2: yeah, pretty fair. If you've seen a lot of Star Trek Next Generation, it is formulaic. Even if you're not, like, an artistic type or a structured type, you will understand the structure by the time yes. you finish watching the series. Mm-hmm. Well, so it shouldn't be too hard to...
1: Yes. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the structure, it's very, like, it's very archetypal. It's well, very, I, yeah, very, I did a little simple. research. It's easy, you know. Tiny bit of research, because I was like,
0: where is this happening in Star Trek? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's absolutely set after mm-hmm. the best of both worlds, which is end of season well, three, start of says, season four. Yes. with the author says that. Okay, uh, I, I forgot that. Anyway, that's yeah, the, like, yeah. Picard gets assimilated story, right? Mm-hmm. But when I was looking at that story, I was like, wait, this sounds a whole lot like this fanfic that I am reading. <laughs> like, they are yes.
1: they're kind of copying the structure here as well, it's, Yes, mean, yeah. yeah, well, Star Trek next gen, especially the first couple seasons of next gen, are very episodic. hmm and they did an excellent job mimicking that structure. Like, I was very drawn in by that. And, you know, it's not an uncommon structure for an episodic series. It has, you know, everything you want out of a plot arc. But some, for some reason, like, I, that I can't really put a pin in, they just, I don't know, this, maybe it was just the dialogue. It just rang so true I found this, this fanfic very.
0: I found this fanfic very charming because the ambition was way lower than, like, the other fanfics we've been reading. Oh, and yes, I, And I don't, yes. I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, their goal was, like, I'm going to cross over these things I like and try to make a good story. Yeah. It, it wasn't, like, and it will yeah. be a masterpiece of suspense, or it's, like, and it will explore the whole scope of the series I and, like,
2: or if, tie a bow on yeah, the characters. It's more like it'll be part two of five.
1: Right. It's just an episode <laughs> of Star Trek. And I will say that, like, I was, like, I have done my other Sailor Moon fanfiction frustrated by some of the Sailor Moon portrayals mm-hmm. like some of the Sailor Moon characters and just like I don't know some things that happened with them seemed silly or not quite like the series but everything that happened in the context of Star Trek was spot on mm-hmm. and it read just like an X-gen episode so I feel like their vision was just as far as they could reach and yeah. they they achieved it and that, the that was very fine. smart. yeah shall we move but on to chapter one? Is that going too far? Are we going too quickly? I'm not trying to hurry well, we try- us. It's talk just... about the basic
2: <laughs> st- structure of this episode. Oh, i yeah, yeah. kidding.
1: Um,
0: so chapter one, they get off to a or, quick start. Yeah, chapter one chapter after one. the prologue. Yes,
1: after right? the prologue, sorry.
0: Um, so the Sailor Scouts, and I'm going to be very consistent about saying Sailor Scouts and Darien and English dub names. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Sailor Scouts, It'll Darian, so hard. Luna, and Artemis, they all appear on the Enterprise D. And that's like the whole chapter. Now... A lot of times, they appear in the company of a Star Trek The Next Generation character who has some, some kind of thematic connection to them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, Ray shows up near Counselor Troy. Mm-hmm. And Ami shows up in the sickbay and she talks to, like, Crusher, right? And Lita shows up near Guinan? G- Guinan. Uh, because like Woody they Goldberg. they make food. Yeah, I, I yeah. know she's Whoopi Goldberg. No, I you just... Can just call
2: her that. We'll, we'll, we'll know what you. Okay, mean. she shows up near
0: <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg, twentieth century American actress on, <laughs> on the bridge of the Enterprise D. 100 um, year old alien. And like you know, Darien shows up near Riker because they're both boring. And Luna shows True. up near like Pica- uh, Picard's seat. Next nice to
2: Riker. <laughs> <laughs> I um, love Riker.
0: And then Serena shows up in Worf's room. Yeah, that was
1: weird. That was kind of funny. Like, I mean, it it, it's kind of funny. It's just, like, it's. it seemed like they just, were going with a pattern here. I thought it was so... I could so picture this. Remember being a kid and thinking about your your favorite series? Uh-huh. And, like, the, um, you know, the characters of each. Like, the Sentai teams or mm-hmm. the characters in each thing. And thinking who would match with who. Like, not necessarily in a romantic way, but, like, who's an analog for who? Sure. Or, like, which of my friends is this character in Sailor Moon? I thought this was great because it fed into that for me uh-huh. like I was like oh yeah if I was going to pair everyone not in a romantic way these Kids are 14 in Sailor Moon. But again, like, who matches with who? Who's an analog or, an, you know, kind of just the... I'm going to say foil because that represents more of, like, a difference between characters. But, like, who's the yeah. analog across and, series? And they did
0: a good job. Oh, it was entertaining. It was just funny that, like, yes. they kind of weren't right. married to their pattern.
1: They kind of, like, were well, able I to... Well, I think they did not intentionally because yeah, they, did, they, they did. ended up bringing Lita and Worf together as if they knew ahead of time those were the characters that actually would bond. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know. I thought it was pretty smart. Um, now, if you're talking about
0: Sailor Moon characterizations and, like, the first things of being a little bit off, like, Mina shows up um, near, wherever Geordie works, like, near the technology... Engineering. Um, engineering. <laughs>
1: yeah, engineering. <Okay. laughs>
0: I know my Star Trek. But by the matter, antimatter engines. And, you know, she starts poking at things and, like, breaking stuff. And Mina's the it's comic, totally, yeah. Mina's comic relief in this and it's fair because she didn't start getting any, like, consistent personality until, like, the third season, which this author that's hasn't so seen. true. And so the most... Re- oh my god, that's the truest thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> well, it's totally true. They didn't know what to do with her for the first yeah. while. And so the most recent thing that this author would have seen that gives Mina anything to do that is not, like, a totally bland thing is the Nurse Minako episode. And, like, drawing on that episode real heavily on his portrayal of Minako in this fanfic. I'm sorry, Mina. I I said I was going to be consistent, and I immediately... (laughs)
2: Immediately failed. Immediately failed. What what happened in the Nurse uh, Minako episode? It is a
0: comedy episode where people are getting sick, (laughs) and Mina's fine, and she's taking care of them. And (laughs) she's, like, causing ludicrous Looney Tunes, like, fails, and everyone gets frustrated with her and kind of kicks her out one by one. And so one of the things she does, like, when she's taking care of Rey, she, like, is, like, poking at the, I don't know, her sound system, and it, like, literally explodes in a, like, old-school cartoon puff of, like, leaving her face black.
2: So, yeah. like, it can't actually do that malfunctioning technology right. like. And that's yes. the
0: only time anything like that happens with Mina in the series
1: but it happens in this fanfic like three times. Also, like, she's like notoriously bad at taking care of sick people, and that presents itself in this. this that too. Fanfic. So, yeah, it really does seem based on the episode and a I'm, lot. I'm not blaming the author because that's what they had to work with. No, like, I know. I, I actually think it was smart. Like, they drew from the, the only characterization they could find of yeah. her, like, to be realistic. So,
2: at this point, the author has probably watched at least five seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm -hmm. And two of Sailor Moon. Two seasons of Sailor Moon and wanted to make a Sailor Moon-Star Trek crossover. Yeah. Mm I'm not used to not having
1: all of Sailor Moon available when you want to watch it. Oh, yeah. Well, Well, ancient times, you know. (laughs) They took a really long time. Yeah. You know, to the point where I actually had stopped watching the dub to bring over further seasons of Sailor Moon. And they, I don't think, ever brought over Supers, right? Star Trek Supers came over. Oh, okay. That must have been much later. It Because
2: well, I don't think there were two I big I thought they brinks. didn't know
1: how to or stars like, I don't know do they ever navigate the gender transformations of the Sailor Stars? Yes, like, like last year. Starlights, I mean. Ah. Oh,
0: there's a there's a new last dub. Year. There's a new dub and they're doing the whole thing, yeah. Wow.
1: Um, literally last year. So this yes. this you know, I'm 29, this first came over when I was four. This Mm -hmm. is 25 years, maybe. And stars just came out in the U.S. Stars just came out. Yeah, (laughs) see, because they couldn't navigate the gender thing. And that's the funniest thing, is that it took me from being a small five-year-old child to being maybe 15 when I could finally access the sub to watch most of Sailor Moon. And
0: there were, like, two big breaks in. Like, they stopped for a while halfway through R, and then they
1: later on finished R, and then later on they did S and Super S, Super S, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I, I feel like, yeah, like, for a long time, this that's the material that we had was up through R for the longest time.
0: Now, Data identifies Artemis, like, Artemis shows up in Data's room near Data's cat in heat in a joke that will come back later. Yep. By the way, I love Spot. <laughs> Good, because Spot shows up Spot in this fanfic. Yeah. Anyway, Data re- recognizes Artemis because apparently Data has all of the Data... From the original Enterprise.
2: <laughs> See the thing is data Is that a thing? Data is a an Android, a, a yes. robot in yes. the shape of a of a person. I understand <laughs> this. Yes. Yeah, Data
1: literally has all of the like computer databanks downloaded. In okay, so, so so it's not just that
0: Data has watched all of the original series no. religiously and is a big Trekkie and no. knows all the things that happen. That's that, possible. But I guess it must be a thing. Yeah, yeah. he has
1: a computer. He's a positronic brain mm-hmm. and a computer, and theoretically, it knows all of the information that's available in all of the libraries of the Federation. Okay. However, sometimes it seems like he's. Knows things that forgets them. It it it's convenient, like Thompson. Yeah, it's Got a it.
2: it's a writing um, convention,
1: I guess. Convention, uh, uh, concession.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if Data has a positronic brain, does he follow the three laws of robotics?
1: Mm.
2: Uh, no, he's actually no. far from those. I think. Okay.
1: Yeah, um, but he does. He smacks people around. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he does. He does, like, defer to humans a lot, though. I guess we we could debate this later. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is extremely key to this Sailor Moon Star Trek fanfic,
0: and we need to go deep into how <laughs> Data's brain works.
2: Okay, once he it's gets the emotion positronic motto.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> once you get the emotion chip... Oh, and we also count his uh, evil twin brother, Lore. <laughs> oh, and let's not forget that Data I, expresses no only... emotion. <laughs> He's not supposed to have any emotions, but no. he still is like, I am curious. <laughs> he still cracks jokes.
0: I'm... Not surprised that Data has an evil twin brother. Mm-hmm. I'm You're slightly not. surprised that his name is not Data backwards. Oh, added. Added. No, it's
1: lore. No, lore. it's
2: it's lore. And the way you can tell the di- difference between the two, and this is actual, actually from an episode. Okay. Because okay. one time Lord uh, like knocks Data, Data out and tries to re- replace him. Wesley tells they're different because Lore can use contractions. Data can't.
1: Oh, that's right. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That's that's fucking beautiful. That was a beautiful thing. Okay. And this is why Star Trek is a beautiful piece of media. I think I've heard enough about Next Generation. Well, that's too bad because we're about to talk more. Well, there'll be some Sailor Moon in it to, you know, sweeten so, the pot yeah, for. Yeah, just kind of like thin it out a little, like watering down your liquor.
0: So, Chapter 2. <laughs> Everyone shows up and they compare notes, and they're just like, hey, we showed up, and they kind of recognize the tech, you know. Amy gets to basically be a Star Trek character in this fanfic, because yes. she's got her computer, and she immediately hooks it up with Enterprise data banks and like, yeah. just as much as anyone else, she gets to be like, well, if, you know, yeah. here's the data, and if we get the positronic mm-hmm. photon torpedo in the what's it... Yeah, like, that is brain as
1: positronic amato. <laughs> Come on, get with it. In this graphic, it's a different weird word. In this
2: fanfic, though, um, Data and Ami basically serve the same purpose. Yeah, to,
1: I so. I thought they would have more interactions between Data nope. and Ami. they had no I mean, interactions, Amy. did they? No, no.
0: none. No, Amy is just absorbed into the bridge crew, basically. Yeah, it's true. Um,
1: Which I thought was kind of sad because. She's so often, like, pushed to the side because she's quiet. Right. But in this case, it
2: just turns uh, Ami into a less-trained bridge officer. Amy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yes, it's true. But also, she does quite well. And she's the first (laughs) one to recognize, oh, we've been on a starship before called The Enterprise, which happened in the previous fan fiction, which none, none of us have read but are aware of from this one. Yeah. And she's the first one to recognize that, and she seems to just be able to completely... Interface with the computer like just right away like well, it was the something magic she's palm top figured yeah. out. It does. Yeah. So her, with. her magic computer is more of a character than she is in this, to be honest. That's fair. Yeah. And yeah, and, uh, it's true.
0: They also recognize the the star date is able to actually calculate that out. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a hundred years since when they met Kirk, which you know I guess that's the case in Next Generation. And is it? I, I, guess. Yeah, more or I, guess. I guess. Yeah. I assume this author knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, no one knows why they all just suddenly materialized there, but ginen Gainan. Gynen. Guinan. Guinan says she senses Q. She can do that? like, mm-hmm. Or is that just like, I have a feeling it's Q? Or is it like, oh no, Q's around here somewhere? Gainen has like
2: uh, vague powers. Okay. Yes. Vague abilities. Gainen
1: is several hundred years old and she's one well, yeah, of she's alien Goldberg. species. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There you go. Right. She's one of this alien species that has like sort of like, it, it's sort of like clairvoyance, but it's not actually that. A lot of times she has some sort of sense of the future. It's unclear okay. if she can time travel, if I recall. I'm not going to try to be too specific. Well, it's
2: know, from that recall. one, the one bad movie they did is, with, the, with yeah. the time stream where they ha- actually have Kirk meet Picard after time travel. Oh, yeah, that's Ooh. right. That
1: was a good one. Man.
2: Kirk's on a horse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> they tell you that time, time is the ultimate
1: hunter. I' gets us mm-hmm. all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, was there where they had, like, all the captains? Anyway. But,
2: uh, Guinan just basically knows what's going on Okay. at, at any point.
0: So Guinan says, intuition. Q totally yeah. did this, but for some reason he's not showing up. But everyone thinks that's weird, because usually Q shows up immediately, and he's like, hey, I did this thing. Mm-hmm. Try to punch me in the face.
1: Um. <laughs> Actually, that's not maybe. what Q sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that is <laughs> what the vibe is.
2: Yes. Yeah. Q sounds like a Discord from uh, My Little Pony. Oh,
0: great. But that... I didn't actually want to I mean, imagine all his that. lines in that but voice. It's the, it's the same no, actor. Q is, oh, okay. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, it's,
2: it's literally that character. He
0: was really annoying. Okay. Yeah. Speaking of Q, like he's going to show up later. I know he is a annoying,
1: omnipotent trickster figure. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is he also just very... a total asshole? Yes. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: yeah. He's very Has- like <laughs>
1: he's very like a trickster figure is exactly the way to put it. Like very like low key. It's like, oh, uh, y'all. Coyote, but not even endearing in any way. Okay. It's
0: like, hey, I, hey. I was wondering if he was supposed to be endearing in any way because he is not. No, he is not. He's You're not. supposed he's to not. hate him. Okay, but,
1: got it. I think a lot of people find him endearing in the way they find, like, Dr. House and House mm. MD endearing. I do not, personally. Like, I find him very frustrating. He is an asshole. Yeah, he's, he's just an, an asshole. He's just an asshole like,
2: for being an asshole. To sometimes say. Okay.
1: people, and I think this especially happens to people who've uh, grown up thinking that men can be forgiven for anything uh, mm-hmm. think assholes are endearing in some way I'm like oh I'm a lovable asshole like no he's that sort of person like who is a lovable asshole but he's not like I don't <laughs> find those people lovable is what I'm trying to say but, Like, the, the, I think they're just trying to be cute about the fact that they're
2: total fucking dicks it's like the whole ship's in danger everybody's panic- panicking and then all of a sudden he'll just pop in and transform it to make everybody wear sw- sombreros and stuff
1: yeah and like some people who observe the series think that oh that's so cute and endearing and funny and light-hearted, and it shows he's confident, but yeah, no. But it's I'm actually kind of terrifying.
2: <laughs> no, oh, sure. it's fucked up. Yeah.
1: It's just messed up. I saw that Twilight Zone it's episode. I know for how comedy. it is. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's played for comedy, and so, but it's, you know.
2: If you're wondering what Q is, Q is basically um, God in Star Trek, which mm. means it's evil. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> look, I, I know enough about race. Star Trek to know that omnipotent space aliens are a dime a dozen. Yes.
1: Well... Well, and, and Q is actually Q, omnipotent. Q, Q is interesting, because Q is actually... Q is what they call this particular iteration of an entity called BQ, which is actually an entire race of omnipotent aliens. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, because from the name, you would think they'd all be consolidated into one entity. But no, they seem to be very individual. They're sort of like a pantheon of gods, because Q... This character is frequently in trouble with the Q pantheon. Right,
2: yeah, he gets in trouble with the rules and regulations. Is it called the pantheon? Uh, a continuum. Right? continuum.
1: Continuum. Thank yeah. you. And the
0: name shows up in the
1: family. pantheon. And he gets in problems because right
2: right. he makes uh, like bets and wagers with other people, and he's bound right. oh. by rules. Well, in that case, that, that he makes up.
0: Everything you were saying tells me his characterization is spot on in this fan. It, 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 really it is. It really is. It's going to show up later, and like we may as well just throw it out there. Yeah. He has a bet going with Sailor Pluto in yes. the Sailor Moon universe. Yes. Yes. Yeah. About like how and things are going to shake out which Maybe everybody can kind of,
2: it. Oh, everyone can, can kind of sense uh, because mm-hmm. they're like, Q is acting weird because he's being helpful without asking mm-hmm. anything from us. So mm-hmm. some shits going mm-hmm. down. He's bound by some rules that we don't know about. Uh huh. Because they've dealt with Q enough to to know how Q works. Though I will say that making
1: a bet a bet with Sailor Pluto around like the Sailor Scouts' lives like just seems like something Sailor Pluto would do. I, yeah, that's the <laughs> that was the part. weird part. Unless Pluto
2: knew it wasn't a bet.
1: It, that's possible. Well I, I didn't think Pluto was quite as powerful as the Q, but it seems it's, like she is actually more powerful than this Q iteration. Tori, as we read Sailor Moon fanfiction, mm-hmm. you're going to find
0: out that Fanon Pluto is way more powerful than Canon Pluto. Like okay. ev- everybody I, there's a general I, sense I mean, that no, like someone necessary. with
1: time powers should be really powerful, even yeah, though everything in the canon says the no. Time powers are very limited. Like Yes, oh. she is the sailor scout in possession of time power, but that doesn't mean that she can do fucking everything. But in like a lot this. of fanfics, it kind of sometimes
0: does. Or at least that she can do a whole lot more. Time
1: powers, if well-written,
0: if well written
2: are very limited. Mm-hmm. If they're not well-written, well, yes. well, well written, then they can do anything, whatever you want. It's well, very
0: interesting. canon Pluto has time powers that are weak and not well-written. Oh, okay, good.
1: Honestly, when they brought up... The, the green-tinged hair of the figure, I was like, because Q is, mm-hmm. you know, talking about to someone. They say this figure with long, green-tinged hair. I was racking my brain thinking, what Sailor Moon character is this? What Sailor Moon character is this? Is it a villain? Is it, like, a good guy? it's like, I can't think of anybody. Yeah, it's and it's like, oh, Pluto. And I was like, <laughs> Plato's that powerful, really? <laughs> like, oh. it kind of struck me. I was like, oh, I guess. So,
0: Like I said, we're going to see this again if we iterative. keep reading Sailor Moon fanfic, which we are. All right. There we go. <laughs> but at this point in the fanfic, um, everyone's just like, okay, so here we are. It's Q's fault. We don't know why. And then the mm-hmm. Borg ship shows up. And the Borg cube has, like, consolidated the Black Moon Clan, or the Nega Moon Clan uh, spaceship mm-hmm. into it. So um, it's basically... It's a... actually
2: the, the, the other way around, which is the weird part.
0: Oh, okay. Like, the, Neg- the Nega Moon Clan well, UFO has okay. incorporated the Borg at cube. At yeah.
1: they assume that.
0: Yeah. So... And so it's like a cube with crystal spikes, apparently, sticking out all over. Yes, so they're quite confused. And they're hailed by Rubius, who's got a little, like, Borg thing on his head, and he's like, I am Rubius of Borg.
1: He's not fully assimilated as Well, that's our chapter cliffhanger. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I mean, you're (gasps) totally right. I gave it away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no,
0: you spoiled the very beginning of the next chapter of a 20-year-old fanfic. I know, I'm so sorry. I mean, we are very sensitive to spoilers around here. This <laughs> has to be the
2: least spoiler-sensitive environment. And It just has to be by nature of what we're doing.
0: Oh, yeah. That's true. I mean, we've got to discuss, like, base series and what's going on and all that kinds of things. So yeah. just
2: spoiler warning on the whole podcast.
1: Oh, um, yeah. Sorry. We should have started with a spoiler warning. We will spoil everything and every piece of media you've ever seen. Yeah. So everything we get our hands on. Basically, don't exactly. listen to this podcast. This
2: podcast is a Spoiler.
1: So chapter three. Mm-hmm. Now
0: you can say what's going on with Rubius here, because that's like the first thing that happens. He's Borg hooked up, but for some reason he's running the hive mind of this ship.
1: Right, yes. And it's never really explained. No, well, just, he's that powerful. Yeah, so powerful. The Borg tried to assimilate him, well, and like, instead he assimilated the Borg. They talked about how the Star Trek universe can't handle magic. Right. I
0: mean, it's... Fair. Like later on when the scouts are fighting the Borg, it's like their attacks are working a lot better than the Phasers because they're magic attacks, right?
1: Right. I will like say the the one thing that I did have an issue with and this is that I didn't really understand mm-hmm. until the very end that the Sailors the Sailors universe was a Different universe, yeah, yeah not I mean, just why, different
2: that, time. That took a while for, for it to sink in for me, too. I don't well, think that was the fed it
1: until the end.
0: No, they like, did. It, it was really. the important thing set up in the first fanfic that we didn't read. Oh, Is it like <laughs> there's, a, there's a quantum well, flux like go. to that other universe? Well, yeah.
1: well that makes sense, yeah. and it makes so much more sense that they are from another universe because yeah. I was trying to parse out the whole thing in my mind like, how do we get from Crystal, Crystal Tokyo. Tokyo to the Federation? And it's just different timelines, and at the very end, it's specified. The world war that happened in Star Trek didn't happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, World know, War Three. In yeah, didn't happen in the Sailor Moon universe, which makes perfect sense because yeah, they had that, a benevolent God Queen. Yeah, because if it had happened, this shit wouldn't have shaken down yeah, the same way it did in both series hearing es-
2: escal- escalation. Everybody, so, that's right.
1: <laughs> They also specify at the end that the technology of the moon, like other uh, Crystal Tokyo and the Crystal World, one mm-hmm. presumes, though mm-hmm. it's never specified in Sailor Moon that the whole world has evolved as technology, but no, is, it's not specified. It, yeah, it's not, but it could but be. But it, it seems like it, it is much greater than it would have been during the, during the, the original, of timeline, yeah, twenty like late twenty first, early twenty second mm-hmm, century. Yeah because the world, world War III had occurred in the Star Trek timeline. Mm-hmm. So there's something about Rubius that allows him to be so much more powerful than the Borg that he is able to, able to overtake their minds and utilize the collective for his purposes. And, yeah.
2: I'm not sure how I feel about that, but fine.
1: Yeah, we just have to roll with it. Yeah, and so We he, do. He's
0: Rubius, the villain. Rubius gets to it a bit, and he's like, oh yeah, I intend to take this Borg ship back to my home universe and take revenge on the Sailor Scouts, except... Uh, actually, you're right there for some reason, so
1: I guess I'll just attack you right now.
2: I'll just, I'll yes. just kill you?
0: Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, He <laughs> like, this is hella convenient, right? Like, right. they're just like, right, I can just destroy this whole ship, like, and I can destroy no it all, man. There's reason why you guys
2: should be here, but here you are, I guess. But well, here you are, and I might
0: as well destroy you. Yeah. He could destroy the ship, but he's not. Instead, yeah. he... You know, he does some, like, tractor-beamy stuff. Whatever it takes to, like, open a Star Trek ship to, like, teleporting people onto it, he does. Well, basically, and then he, the, the well, Borg in the
2: next generation basically just win any engagement right, right.
1: fight. And right, right. So, They're very powerful. They assimilate, as they specified in the Foundation, any new technologies, and they have assimilated hundreds of races. So. No,
0: I'm not saying it's unfair. I just mean, like, he does whatever yeah, he needs no, to, and no, then he's no, able fair. to beam over Borg drones, and then he does.
1: Yeah. And so there's a big fight, and Borg
0: drones are basically putties, right? From... Power Rangers. <laughs> that no, is a funny thing to say. No, um, that's
1: Pretty much what I'm getting. No, here. no, no, no.
2: Potties aren't dangerous. <laughs> yeah, a uh, Borg is dangerous. A Borg can
1: destroy. Borgs the world, are they're collective, thing. so they're mm. like ants. I think as our, our contemporary culture conceptualizes that is that they are all one entity, and each individual humanoid form is an it's just one possible molecule atom of that entity. Well, they are so, definitely but dangerous But they are very enough.
0: powerful. They're definitely dangerous enough to inject a red shirt with uh assimilating nanites and like yes. sorry, Ensign Harris, you're the red shirt in this fanfic. Yes. Like down yeah. on the ground. The of course. But the Sailor Scouts all transform and they come in and whereas the phaser is like, oh, they adapted to my phaser after I used it once and now I have to try to punch this thing. No, that that is how how yeah. it works in this.
2: Next generation users, they yes. use the phasers, then they change the frequency slightly, and they get one or two, then the rest, all the rest of the Borgs adapt, adapt so they have to do yes. one or two They at adapt again. instantly. Okay. So it's a constant, um, it's kind of like but a hacking, s- counter-hacking.
1: Right. Fight. There's something in in the Borg that allows them to adapt very they quickly. They modulate their
2: shields to the, they, they say the word multiple times, like <laughs> n- nanos, n- whatever.
1: What, uh, yeah. Star that. Trek science. But this <laughs> is a word that I did not really get. <laughs>
2: The shield, Nun and n- C or something. Yeah, Nun
1: n- and yeah. n- yeah. n- 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 <laughs> I-, I feel like I don't remember that from Star Trek, but okay.
2: Uh, yeah, they-, they mentioned that word, whatever it was, it was
1: several times. And it was takes weird. Science away. Majority said it a lot,
0: but, but no. because magic, you can just blast them with a sailor scout attack and they die. Yeah, and, and so yeah, like
2: in theory, you could fight a Borg hand to hand, but they are. Um, mechanically enhanced android-human hybrids who are stronger than any individual
0: person. True. Hands down. What if you hit them on the big Z in the middle of their chest?
2: They, they do not explode, no. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> Has anybody tried hitting the big Z on the chest? Nobody. Nobody's tried this. Wow.
1: <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Um, so they win the fight. But then Rubius, you know, he does he does a very Sailor Moon thing of like teleporting in yes. and like incapacitating everybody with dark energy and just like kidnapping Sailor Moon and teleporting out. Yes. Like that's a very Sailor Moon villain kind of move. Well like they, they, they don't realize.
2: really win the fight. They not die, then the Borg stop fighting. They kill they kill all the Borg Jones, don't they? There's always more Borg drones. Yeah,
0: that's the thing.
1: The Borg is is one entity represented by individual bodies. Then we
0: should put it that the Borg drones create enough of an opportunity for Rubius to do what his actual game plan was, which was teleport in and kidnap Sailor Moon. You're start tracking now, yeah. Got it. (laughs) And he teleports out. Darian is very upset about this. Oddly, the other Sailor Scouts... They don't get to emote being as upset about it as Darian I, gets to emote. Know,
1: one thing I will say in this is that is it wasn't until the end that we saw a lot of character-driven plot or character development, which is very different mm-hmm. from the fan fiction we've read prior to this, which is very character-driven. because right, like, this was, like, all external. So, yeah. It was very action-oriented, it was very plot-driven. And, yeah, I felt like the Sailor Moon characters were very, like, just kind of, like, these base shells of like their characters which I'm not saying as a criticism actually right. I feel like it was very apt to an action
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, fan fiction it was very apt to an action thing that was yeah. happening
0: and so in the context of this fan fiction the other scouts get to be like oh no we need to get her back and Darian is the one who gets to be like no <laughs> because because the author can't
1: even do that, that it, with everybody. Right? Even then it was still so basic. Right. I mean, it was just like also, My love. Exactly. She has lost. Exactly. Oh no, I <laughs> must find her and retrieve her. Also like side standard
2: moon question, is Memorial the only one without a transformation catchphrase? Correct.
0: <laughs> and yes. His transformation catchphrase is he holds up a rose. Yeah, it, that's hard to pronounce. I, I, they, they
1: did introduce the transformation sequence for him at one point. Oh yeah, he holds up a rose. It's neat. Yeah, it, he just doesn't have to say yeah, anything he about just it. Doesn't say anything. He doesn't really say anything for his attacks. he's just, I mean, he's the, just there. I guess I'm okay with that. In, in the manga, I'm okay with it because I don't think that we need to introduce powerful men into a series about powerful women. Yeah, and for sure. But no, anyway,
0: the the anime Mamoru is good in that he he gets to be backup. He gets to be support. That's who he is. Yeah. In the manga, he gets complained about not having an attack, and he gets one. But be careful what you wish for, because his attack is named Tuxedo La Smoking Bomber. (laughs) And so, he probably was better off just not having that. It's true.
2: So it's an English phrase with la in there randomly. Yes. Mm -hmm. To make it a direct particle in Spanish or (laughs) French or Italian. Just for that one word.
1: Well, (laughs) for romance. For the sake of the romance languages and Romance. Yeah. He is the sailor soldier of love. Well, no wait, that's Sailor Venus. No, huh. he's the he's S- the sailor soldier of fine dress wear. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's technically, you know, if you ask a lot of people, he's the, he's the sailor soldier that represents Ergus. Yeah, well, that's canon because he's the prince of. Earth. Yeah, yeah.
2: He's the sailor soldier of uh, he's
1: cheap But, but
0: not canon is him being a sailor soldier. But he's got like, right, but he's he got the, the representation Earth representation yeah. crystal. Uh, thing. Most
1: people will say he's the sailor soldier. It, I, don't know, I, I would. It's just like whatever. It's whatever. I think
0: if you gave him a pen, I think he could say Earth Power Makeup and he would turn into something oh, yeah. with a skirt. Like, it's just he doesn't have, you know,
1: that oh, yeah. equipment. Uh, anyway. <laughs> 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 he doesn't have that equipment, says Amaya. I,
2: I. I would appreciate it, uh, all the, like, the choice of either the, uh, the tuxedo or, or the or the skirt. And they went in between different times. That'd be cool. Yeah. I want a Sailor yeah.
0: Fuku, but also a top hat. Just...
1: You know, kind of. I've seen stars style.
0: in the anime. I have like mm-hmm. seen that mm-hmm. drawing. On it's the equipment. Huh? The last part of the chapter is that Rubius you know, takes Silverman back to the cube and he taunts her a bit. And he's like, "Oh, I'm going to use you to take revenge on Crystal Tokyo." And she's like, "Uh, we already beat Wise Man. And we defeated your whole clan." And he's like, "What? Oh, really? Really? Seriously? <laughs> uh, yeah, well,
1: I'll, I'll still take revenge for them." Then. Yeah, he, he seems to be like, "I don't know if I believe this, but I'm mad." <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I don't know if I believe this, but
2: that doesn't really change my plans in any way. Exactly.
1: Whoa. And so tell denial,
0: he's heading towards the quantum flux, which is the established link between the Star Trek and Sailor Moon universes. Yes. And that's end of chapter three.
2: Also, this is the first time I've ever heard the dub attack names. Uh-huh. I'm not sure how oh, I feel about yes. it. Yes.
1: I was thinking about that when they listed them all in succession. Mm-hmm. How Um, I wasn't sure if I remembered the dub attack names correctly. I wasn't sure if they transcribed them correctly. Uh, well, not, Tori. you know? I know enough to know that the dub was not consistent about
0: attack names. Okay. Wow. Thank like you. any okay. given one of them had yes, like a phrase. Quite there was a phrase like they usually use for any given attack, but like sometimes they just wouldn't. They oh, would use on. something
2: else. It, it's it's Like, 101 Sentai show, you have to have consistent attack
0: names. Yes, and they need to be incomprehensible. They need to be Shine Aqua Illusion. Yeah, Shine Aqua (laughs) Illusion was pretty consistent, wasn't it? Oh, Shine Aqua Illusion is the Japanese name. It absolutely was not that in English. (laughs) Apropos of nothing, the worst crime of the dub uh, in terms of Sailor Senshi attack names was Dead Scream.
1: Hmm. Because it goes from
0: Dead Scream. Dead. Yeah. Yes, to Pluto Deadly Scream! (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, no. The English attack names—I the, the, mean, sorry—the dub attack names are just, duh. Uh, they're not—they're not always that bad, but I—they are though. Th- but Thunderclap
2: Zap. Uh, it's not so that—that
1: that was one I didn't remember from the dub. I was like, is that really what she said? That absolutely know, is exactly what she said. Oh my
0: god! <laughs> uh, look, I'm not too upset about them, but the dead scream thing, like Yudus and I, as far as I'm concerned. Dead dog scream. Yeah, that was good.
2: they Scream!
1: <laughs> I may be exaggerating Deadly slightly. Stream. Anyway. Yeah. No, I hear you, though. So, chapter also, four... the voices in the dub are just... I'm sorry to the voice actors who dubbed, if they ever hear this, that I said this, but y'all suck. No, they weren't all that bad. Okay, they weren't all that bad, but the, the, the way... Okay, maybe it was the casting... Anyway, we can move on. <laughs> Directing, maybe. It's just, it was just wrong. Like, yeah, it, was just, it wasn't the right forces for the right characters. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Rubius's new Borg ship is heading towards the Quantum Flux, and Enterprise is pursuing them. Mm-hmm. And at the start of Chapter 4, something happens that I really liked, which is that two more Borg cubes show up, and they're like, we're going to assimilate you. Like, like, yeah. Rubius hasn't taken over the whole Borg. He just took over this one ship. ship. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Um Which is fine. Yeah, and yeah. so, but Rubius uses the silver crystal to just destroy them. And like, the Enterprise is coming in, and like, how is he doing that? And they're like, they're not sure. Well, but
2: yeah, what's another example of a Sailor Moon magic trumping Borg technology right. just as a whole? So it kind of makes yeah. the him taking over the Borg cube it gives it slightly more credibility. They, it is at least consistent. It is
1: consistent, mm-hmm. right? Um...
2: It's consistent power level, magic, Borg, federation. Yes, yes. It it does do
1: that. And and also, it kind of begs the question, though, if the Borg are so low level compared to Rubius's power, Mm -hmm. why are they such a threat to the Sailor Scouts? I think it's more of a rock, paper, scissors thing. Like, yeah, I guess
0: not. Whatever you can use your evil black
1: crystal or earrings for mind control. I guess Rubius was able to dominate Sailor Moon on I, his yeah, own, they're, they're, and they're, then the Borg were. Anyway, we haven't gotten to that yeah, part. Yeah, the Borg <laughs> weren't
2: the problem. It was the the Borg interfering while Rubius
1: cleaned up. Right, but what I mean is, what happens? Is that Rubius takes Silver Moon? Yeah. yeah, we'll get there very soon, yes. and we're about to get there. Yes, yes. well, uh, no, Wait, I mean, he, I'll, let, I'll, I'll let you. What I mean that. is, you can talk about it now. Yeah. Like he's—that's how he's using the silver crystal—is that he likes. Is that the Borg have assimilated Silver Moon into right. the Rubius Borg Collective? Right. Um, and that, you know, obviously, is very shocking for the Scouts when they get there, which we'll get to the fact <laughs> that they get there. But it does beg the question of, like, if Rubius is so powerful as to overtake the Borg themselves. Why is Sailor Moon so subject to them? Like, I understand that Rubius' power okay, might be I hear what you're saying. able to subdue her in certain ways, but, like, she actually did defeat Rubius in the original series before this ever happened. Right. Um, maybe with the if... help of the other Sailor Scouts. But the Borg are obviously assimilated by Rubius. so why are the borg able to take her over right you know, if, that, if, that's my question if the rule is
0: magic beats borg right then why they would why they, they try to yeah. assimilate her to, is, is like the silver crystal not just kick right. in and like maybe do whatever rubius's power combined with the borg power assimilates her anyway I, i'm gonna confusing. i'm gonna make a no prize for this right now okay mm-hmm. that's like what they call in old marvel comics where it's like someone who <laughs> explained a plot hole got a no prize which means no prize <laughs> yeah okay i hear you i hear okay. you so one of the things that the evil black crystal can do sometimes is nullify the silver crystal. Yes, so with Sailor Moon in you know some I say sometimes because the evil black crystal can do whatever they need for the plot at any given mm-hmm. time. but like so he was able to use that to prevent her from fighting back against the Borg uh, assimilation. That's my nice. explanation. Mm-hmm. All right nice. So the combination of the two are what we're able to get okay. to her. Do I win? No prize.) <laughs> <laughs> So what happens right now is like the Enterprise, you know, trying to take advantage of this opportunity to like, you know, get at Ruby's ship, but he blows them up with the Silver Crystal too. and mm-hmm. of fanfic. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of an abrupt ending. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, well, I thank you everybody for uh... listening.
0: <laughs> what was your favorite part? <laughs> I love when everyone dies. No, actually, it appears that the Silver Crystal through the Borg ship destroyed the Enterprise, oh, but that... in fact, Q pulls them into limbo at the last moment. And it's like some yes. kind of like other, you know, world. And he shows up they and he's a like, His legs him. I actually and... wasn't
2: clear on the fact that they got blown up
1: by the silver crystal until it, they talked oh, about afterwards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was it wasn't point. the I clearest. It, yeah. Oh, wait. Are you sure? Because. Oh, yeah. No, it was a silver crystal beam. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Silver crystal directed uh, beam. Rubius talked That's about
2: right. how sad he was that he evaporated the thing because he wanted like a trophy, like a. Um, mm-hmm. like, Memorial's top,
1: <laughs> top hat. Memorial's top hat. That was so silly. I was like, wouldn't that wreck your hair? No, but <laughs> I was thinking, thinking if, so much time. If I, I hair? wanted
2: a war trophy from Memorial, which I I thought about at some point, <laughs> the, the yeah, top hat yeah. would be a good one.
1: I agree. No, I like the mask. Yeah. or maybe the whole tux. Ha- I think hat and mask is probably mm-hmm. the best. You wouldn't take the cane. It's true. No. You have a cane? Um. Honestly, I think a top hat oh, yeah. is ridiculous. So. The,
2: the, does he have a cane? Does his hip hurt when it rains? Um.
1: He has. No, a he's like a fancy. Tuxedo cane. It extends. Okay. tuxedo, tuxedo cane man. Um. So
0: Q shows up and he's being an asshole mm-hmm. and he's annoying. Mm-hmm. And he brought them here to stop Rubius. Like, Rubius coming to this dimension was not Q's doing. That was just what happens when you blow up a Black Moon crystal yeah, ship. Sure, like, happened, whatever. But, like, bringing the Sailor Scouts and Company here is Q's doing. <laughs> and saving them at last moment. For and them. saving them last moment. And he, he's going to give them some time to prepare before he sends them back into main time. And he's like, I'll send you back. Like, no time will pass in the meantime. And when you go back, I can promise I'm going to protect you from getting your ship blown up by the silver crystal, and yeah. that is literally
1: all I will do. Yeah. And at this point, do we have an explanation of, of No, how? we don't. He's just laying down the
0: rules. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, he's doing things like teleporting <laughs> Artemis but into the company say, of Spot and Heat, which oh God, is uncomfortable. Yes,
1: and we forgot about the, the yeah. very initial thing that's what happened. Yeah, so Artemis is quite plagued by this fact that Spa is in heat, and he gets tele- teleported there. One wonder why in this um, 24th century, century ship in, in space, that, well, the cat isn't neutered. and not also neutered. there's yes. Or, yeah, Spade. Okay, there are 24 right. cats on the ship, according to this fan fiction. That's uh, true. And according to data the cat when the first not spayed.
2: Artemis when Artemis appeared listed off all the
1: cats that lived on the enterprise. So there were yes. other male and female cats. There's a million, there's not a million, there's 24 cats in the ship. And yet in this future situation this cat is not spayed. Yeah. Data so. is not a responsible pet owner. Yeah, apparently not. Mm-hmm. He named Though cat I will say I I will say that I do think that spaying and neutering is a very fraught idea because it does it, it is violating an animal's body without their consent. I think that it exists under our current capitalist system to prevent un- quote-unquote unwanted pets. But it is a fraud idea. So I'm not totally going say the idea of not spaying and neutering, but it does seem strange that this would not be the case. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. So I think this is a really smart move on the fanfic author's part
0: because they're writing a big action series where things, the stakes are always high, But they also want to just give some time for the characters to hang out. And so they wrote in some time where the characters can just hang out. And that's like what this whole next chapter is, is like the Enterprise and the Sailor Scouts, like they don't have a time pressure because like other than other than Q complaining that they're taking too long, they can just get themselves ready before they head back. Yeah. yeah. You
1: know? Yeah, and it was exactly what I was talking about the last time we had a Sailor Moon fanfiction, is that the characters hanging out is one of the best parts Mm -hmm. of Sailor Moon. So I, I do feel like the girls didn't spend as much time talking to each other. Oh, like, they spent no time talking to each other at yeah, all. Yeah, no, that, that was what I felt was like very inconsistent with Sailor Moon. I understand that,
0: too, anyway. though, from the perspective of the author, where it's like, what they're interested in are the Sailor
1: Moon characters hanging out with the Star Trek characters. Right, they're more interested in Star Trek. Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's very clear. They made this a Star Trek episode because right. Sailor Moon characters... It's not a Sailor feature. Moon episode. Because like, no. they, they do have Star Trek characters talking to each other. And right. they had plenty yeah. of opportunities to have... You know, what I said the last time I had a say Moon Fan Fiction was that I loved that they just have girl talk about maybe the boys they like or, you know, talking about their school life and everything and just hanging out and shopping or doing whatever. They even suggest shopping on the holodeck, but they never do it. So there's very little, like, actual teenage girl time on this. They're always in Sailor Senshi mode. But they do give the Star Trek characters their opportunities for their everyday lives. So that that was a very different thing, mm-hmm. I think. They're they very focused on the next-gen element and not on the Sailor Moon element. To
0: be very precise, you were praising that, like, kind of hangout vibe mm-hmm. in one of our test-run fanfics. Because the last Sailor Moon fanfic we did was, like, psychological oh, drama. yeah yes. <laughs>
1: um, wait, was that the one I maybe was not present for?
0: No, no, we were talking about... Um... The last Sailor Moon fanfic we read was, was the one with the past life memories
1: and. Um, oh yes yes, yeah, yeah. yes, 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 yes. But Thank for you. sure, it's a good thing about Thank Sailor Moon. But yes, yeah. So there was a point when we did talk about Sailor Moon, and that is what I said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> At some point, we did talk about Sailor Moon,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we're about to
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> so chapter five, they get their opportunity to do all those things. Like Troy and Ray hang out a bit,
2: but and... uh, before that, okay. like right after they get pulled into the space and they have the explanation like mm-hmm. here they uh, plan their away mission and what their battle plan is going to be once they unfreeze time and, and pop out
0: oh yeah mm-hmm. I kind of forget what it, I didn't pay too much attention
2: <laughs> you, you didn't pay any attention to the Star Trek part of it
0: I, my notes say they have some <laughs> plan to fake out Rubius and get people on board the ship but I didn't retain it
1: <laughs> well, you wrote but I didn't retain it I wrote that out in my notes <laughs> wow well, so just, you could have spent the time you spent writing, but I didn't retain it. I could have reread actually, it. Yeah. yeah, trying to re- something. I, I, I,
2: I think that was decent note taking. Although I'm not, I'm not one to really throw stones here. But <laughs> basically, mm-hmm. they they come up with a Star Trek plan to take care of the situation. Mm-hmm. a Weird trick with a double bluff, including um, Captain Picard uh, himself
1: on the away mission. Yes, right. which everyone heavily protests. To you, which they always do. Mm-hmm.
2: And they're upset about Bacard going because of the, you know, General Order Number Fifteen, which states no flag officer shall beam into a hazardous situation without armed escort.
0: Do you have Starfleet
1: yes. regulations open there?
2: Oh, I also have the Ferengi rules of acquirement. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god!
1: Well, <laughs> which th- there's did no not come up in this at all. Ferengi in this, because then we have to talk about the anti-Semitism inherent there. Oh, anyway. Anti everything and yeah. stuff. It's terrible. I mean, honestly, the Federation is fucking fascist. But let's move on to the fact that yeah, the captain shouldn't go on the away mission. He's the most valuable officer. And well, but that it's is Star Federation Trek rules. It's Star Trek which means The captain always does, right? Yeah. Well, Picard is actually much better than Kirk in it, this sense. He is usually quite responsible.
2: Yeah. Does Picard usually go like, on away missions? No,
1: hardly ever. I thought that was odd. In hardly this
2: case, ever, yes.
0: Picard says he but. really wants to in order to like get over now, his like traumatic.
1: Uh, Borg experience. He's exactly. like, I this need is, to go punch some Borg. This like, is very personal to him because, right. you know, Picard was assimilated and was the of Borg, and they specified this was about a year ago in the mm-hmm. series timeline. Mm-hmm. So this is something that was really relevant to him. Um, and this is something that comes up in the uh, Next
2: Generation movie First Contact. Yes. Where they uh, compare contact. where they compare uh, Picard and the Borg to um, uh, Moby Dick and mm-hmm. Captain Ahab chasing after it to the point of self-destruction, even. Yes. Okay, great. Yes. Well, then,
0: that's in character and that, like, honestly, this is an early form of that. This is
1: yeah. kind of, like, Picard's, like, big trial was being similar in the Borg. It's, like, his Himantia, like, his his flaw is this kind of thing with the Borg that, like, I mean, nobody can blame him for. He's always composed, but in this sense of this experience had with the Borg, like, he can get angry and hateful and spiteful around it. They portrayed that very well, because it was something that violated him extremely.
2: I wonder yeah. how much of that comes from um, Patrick Stewart himself. Because they also, they kind of talked about how they themselves were,
1: and their family was, was a victim of abuse as a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of wondering how much of that was yes. internalized. You know, something that hit me really hard reading this was when, you know, later on something that happens. We, we, uh already spoke, I think, about that Sailor Moon has been
0: assimilated uh, yeah. at
1: this point. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's something that happens later on is, it, you know, t- Picard talking to her and, and about that experience, talking about lack of control. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like the author failed to hit on certain notes in terms of it, but, like, it rang very true, that idea that, like, when control is stripped away from you, like, that, that feeling of powerlessness, like, that is, yeah... And then it, it's you're, very real. And we like, are conscious it, enough I to feel like that very you, should, strongly.
2: you should be able to control yes, it, but you, yes,
1: can't. but you can't. but you can't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's very true to experiences of, of abuse. So, it, yeah, it was very intense in those moments.
2: So this is why Picard is very invested in personally going on this mission. Mm-hmm. Exactly,
0: yes. Other than planning and setting up their plan for when they have Q teleport them back... Um, Let's see what happens. The Sailor Scouts go on the holodeck and they, like, you know, the holodeck gets data for their attacks so they can handle simulating them. Troy and Ray hang out a bit and Troy's basically just like, hey, I'm a low-level psychic. So are you. And Ray's like, yeah, I am. And Troy's like, yeah, try sending me a mental message. And Ray's like, oh, I can do that instantly. So it's like, Ray yes. isn't able to do this just because she hasn't been around any other low-level psychics, apparently. But, yeah. if like, if well, she had ever Troy hung out with one. Like, no
2: yeah. psychic training. Yeah. Right, right.
0: Yeah. But, 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 but she doesn't learn how to do this with anybody other
1: than Troy. Like, she yeah. only they can, like, yeah. you know, well, set a few mental... Well, it's consistent um, with Troy's character. I don't know if you know Amato, but, like, she has empathic ability because she's part Betazoid. Half Betazoid. Uh-huh. Half Betazoid. So she has empathic ability, but not the typical Betazoid telepathic ability. A lot of halves are here, aren't there? It's yes. Star Trek, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I think that's Betazole a lot of half Federation Vulcan. officers are half-human. Like Worf? A lot of them are human.
2: No, no Worf, is Worf full was um, full Klingon, but okay. he was raised by raised humans. Raised by human uh, parents, got it. Yes. Okay. Which is why he tries to be so Klingon all the time. But that's the that thing about the, the, the
1: Federation so. is the Federation is a very human thing. Right, right. So it's not surprising that they would have aliens aboard, but they would be half-human or they would be adopted okay. by humans. Yeah, I buy so, it. By
2: the way, with, with War Force, I was like, that's not the Klingon way. There's, a, there's no honor in this. But then at some point, somebody else talks to him like, dude, Klingons have opera. They have, they have humor. They're not always so stuffy and mm-hmm. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> that's cool. But he, Which he, is really funny. He yeah. goes full Klingon because he's trying to prove that he's Klingon. Yeah. Hmm. He's,
0: I mean, you know. Well, I don't, don't know. you have that, isn't that the same vibe that it seems like they do with um, Spock? Like, that Spock okay. is, like,
1: trying to, like, play up his Vulcan side yes, cause completely. Well, yes, because yes. yeah. he's half human, and that's, like, even more of a big deal back when the first series takes place. So, yeah, but I also think, like, they... <laughs> I mean, there's so many parallels in Star Trek. Like, <laughs> I do think it's made by Gene Roddenberry and his wife who we are, you know, white people, and but there's so many racial parodies in terms of, like, immigration or adoption or being mixed race that are present there. I mean, it's hard not to draw the parallel to mm. see these, like, characters play out. But it's from this outsider perspective of these white people. So it's very it's very fraught, I think, <laughs> in that sense. To use that word again, I guess. But, uh, yeah, like, I do you think that Worf is kind of, like, the next Spock for this series? I really think that was the character's intention in a certain way. But in, like, an oppositional well, kind way.
2: I think Data might actually be the, the Spock. Well, data's
1: the Spock in another way. Data's the Spock in terms of being the logician and the emotionalist.
2: What well, The one trying to understand humans. Yes,
1: yeah, the one trying to understand humans. Yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. Which, by the way, I've always related to data because as an autistic person, like, oh my God, that's what my life is like every day. <laughs> like, how do I understand human emotions and why they act this way? And Data's curiosity, like, if he really didn't have emotions, he wouldn't have that like, curiosity, in my opinion. Uh, I've, but like I've that heard, curiosity is very like autistic. Like, wow, I just don't understand.
2: I, it. I've heard you use contractions before, so I don't know,
1: I don't know. Oh, that shit. just means Tori's the evil
2: one. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Oh yeah. my God, you're so. We can hang it in. That's cool. <laughs> Do you have
1: to leave. Oh no, we're good. <laughs> yeah, Are we we're good, cool? Right. Okay.
2: I'm, I'm. I'm the evil one i with the facial hair and everything. So All right, You're sometimes. like
1: evil Spock. I'm war. <laughs> Which evil version of a Star Trek character is Amato? Um, I would have to think about that. Mm. You do have a goatee. I would also have
0: to be more familiar
1: with Star
0: Trek. Amato does have we'll best guilty at this point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. Anyway, so they've got their plan. They get teleported back into real space, and they get to execute their plan, and it works.
2: Yeah, uh, their plan was to try to copy a previous plan... That failed against the Borg, you know, so they can draw on the Borg. Uh, Borg knowledge, saying, say, "Hey, I know this plan, but I actually do a different plan." It's yeah, a, it's a double bluff.
0: And they're especially banking on the fact that the one accessing this knowledge is Rubius, and Rubius is kind of dumb, and Rubius yeah. is arrogant, and Rubius is going to be like, "Oh, I know what they're doing," but you know he didn't. Yeah. yeah. And so it works. They race in. They go for a confrontation with Rubius and the drones, and there is assimilated Usagi who gets to introduce herself. Serena. As... <sighs> <laughs> Assimilated Serena (laughs) Tsukino, who gets to introduce herself as Sailor Borg. Sailor Borg. I have a sneaking
2: suspicion that this was the the entire point of this fanfic, just to try to get the phrase Sailor Borg into the world. I got
1: that same vibe. Isn't that fucking
0: dumb? (laughs) It is probably the dumbest thing in this whole fanfic, yes. Sailor. That doesn't even And then there's an ellipsis.
1: Sailor? Borg. Sailor Borg? Sailor. Borg. Metal Gear. Sailor. (laughs) Borg.
0: Let's say it a few more times until it sounds right. Sailor?
1: Borg.
2: Borg. Sailor. Sailor. Sailor Sailor Borg. Borg?
0: Borg.
1: No. Not too stupid. No. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) Now, I would have given a lot if at the end of this fanfic the author had had a Sailor Borg Says segment
1: where Sailor (laughs) Borg... (laughs) Where Sailor oh, Board teaches God you some fight. lesson. And Sailor Moon Says is like the only thing in the dub that makes it good. <laughs> so
2: that was a, um education... Yes, segment. it was yeah. the, yes. The, the Canadian mandated says.
0: minutes of educational content. Ah, uh, okay. Look both ways before crossing the street. <laughs> this has no connection with what happened in the episode, but we're going to pretend like it does. What, what, what advice would Sailor Board give? Sailor Borg says... You will be
2: assimilated. <laughs> Resistance is futile.
0: <laughs> well, you know, if it was going to be like a Sailor Moon Says segment, it should mm. be something, saying something like, although in this fanfic the Borg were eventually defeated, you should remember that eventually <laughs> your whole, your cultural and whatever, unique your biological and
2: technological <laughs> will
0: be assimilated into the whole. Oh Sailor Borg God. says resistance is
2: futile you will be assimilated <laughs> prepare to be assimilated
1: <laughs> just get the fuck on with being assimilated already <laughs> i think
0: mean, they're probably right
1: it's gonna happen eventually so well yeah anyway i know uh no they have to fight the uh, voyager also and the 9 well didn't the s9 come during the last two seasons of next round it yeah. Started like it started at during next gen. Yeah, started in
2: the next gen that they, they crossed over. Worf,
1: yeah, jumped Worf the, crossed over with Worf jumped ship. Yeah, and O'Brien's the chief engineer yeah. with DS Nine. Oh my gosh! Can I just say it was so weird for me that they had Barclay in this. Yeah, that was an odd pull. It. I just the only episode I remember with Barclay is his like, like I I empathize with him in a certain way. Like I was saying about my autism empathize with his lack of personal skills, but, like, the only episode I really remember about Barclay is when he has, like, a holodeck fantasy, but all the women on the Enterprise, like, falling in love with him. And it's really fucking fucked up. Well, it's basically Barclay's fan fiction. Yeah. It's really hard for me to watch the episode because he just fetishizes real human beings that he knows and makes literal, like, visual holographic simulations of them falling in love with him, it's wrong. What? And to see him appear in this, I was like, <laughs> how can the author like this character? I had a problem with that. I'm just gonna say that.
2: Well, they also have a uh, Jordy LaForge in there who has a the holographic girlfriend of that actual person who en- ends up <sighs> coming onto the ship at one point. And hey, seeing... I was trying
1: to ignore that.
2: <laughs> and, <laughs> but, all right. and actually interacting with that holograph mm-hmm. program and saying, what the fuck is
1: this? This is creepy as shit. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. (laughs) I hit the table. That was that sound. I forgot about that. Um, There's a lot of problems with Star Trek.
2: The other Barclay episode is the one where he gains, like, infinite knowledge and becomes
1: unto a god. Yeah, and that's also equally wrong. Like, it's just, like, Geordi, I at least... Like, as a character, I'm like to overlook the one thing and pretend it didn't happen. It's just pretend big, really it's hard a it didn't weird, happen. Big I thing. know it's a really a <laughs> creepy, weird, big thing, and I don't want to overlook it because I shouldn't, but because like he has such a much bigger role. But, it's but with Rainbow. Barclay, there's nothing redeeming about his character.
2: What's your favorite Barclay? Also, I'm not <laughs> gonna
1: say I'm gonna overlook that thing with Jordy, it's just it was easier for me to forget about it because he had a lot more character, I guess.
0: Well, yeah. I don't know. It's As someone who's seen a few episodes of Next Generation, my favorite Barclay moment is when we start talking about Sailor Moon again.
2: <laughs> I can uh, feel like that's most of your favorite Star Trek <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
0: Anyway. I've got my priorities. So, the Sailor so, Scouts uh, yeah, are on six. the ship. There's yes. a big fight. Everyone ends up captured. Like, I don't feel like I have anything more to say about it. Yeah. Um,
2: Well, they do need, like, uh, one Borg for each person, except for Jupiter and Worf, who get two
1: Borgs each. Yeah, that's their concession to be badasses. because they are both, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Badasses is the exact word I was going to
0: use.
2: I've written here, Worf equals Jupiter. Yes, uh,
1: <laughs> one wharf and one Jupiter are the same amount of ass-kicking, Yeah, that, Jupiter can I kick, can kick can ass with just hands say, and
2: feet, and a, Warf can kick ass with his mechlith.
1: <laughs> I always related the most to Jupiter in the series, and I loved her portrayal in this, because she was such a fucking badass.
0: Anyway. But they all get captured. Rubies is going to force Serena to kill Darien to stamp out her last mental resistance, but... Um, and the cube is also getting ready to do its time travel thing. Did they pass through at this point? They pass through into the Sailor Moon universe. They're just like in the
1: future or something. It was it. actually
2: kind of unclear. Of yeah, yeah it, I feel, it was. I they, feel like they, at
1: some point they do, but I forget when. At some point they do point they do go through in Crystal Tokyo, but like not in Crystal Tokyo, just orbiting Earth in the Crystal yeah. Tokyo era, 100 years in the future. Well, from then then they
2: prepare to um, do the Borg time travel. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, right now they're preparing to do the Borg time travel. And... Uh, the Enterprise detonates like their little what do you call it uh, capsule? They sent people in. Uh, they
2: sent a uh, fake um, shuttlecraft. Oh, or, that was interesting. As right, as actually, a, the, as a the, they pretended that was, that was going be to the, be the boarding party. Mm-hmm. Yes, but it wasn't. And instead they just teleported on. And, but they still had that shuttlecraft wait, out did there. Did
1: they?
2: Oh, sorry. Go yeah, on. that sounds so, right. Yeah, they, and they still had the shuttlecraft just sitting out there, and they just um,
1: blew up the warp engines. Yeah, they had like it's right. set to explode. Didn't they also separate three different segments? From yeah, they the, separated the two uh, segments from the the original Enterprise. Yeah, yeah they, they they
2: separated the Enterprise into the saucer section and the star drive section. And the, yeah, the drive section. Mm-hmm. But
1: uh, wait, was it two or three? Because I thought there were three segments for some reason. No,
2: there, there's two segments. Okay,
1: Don't, but Beverly was for some reason the only one who could command the second section. Well, n- not the only one, but the one they
0: wanted to. The one they yeah. wanted. She was doing, like
1: the
0: um, well, because Riker was, was qual was doing the
1: first one. Yeah, Riker Re- yeah, was doing the on the away mission. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yes, that makes sense.
0: No, uh, Riker was watching
2: one of the, the, the other segment, that the one that had the engines on it. Right, and Beverly was watching the segment that has the, s-
1: the
0: civilian population and everybody the else saucer it. segment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that distracts Rubies a little, and at that point, Picard is prompted by the like resisting residual Borg hive mind to go. Punch Rubius in the face? Yes. Like, that's all they had so, to say to him? They're like, you should probably they go... They called
1: f- to him. Yeah. Because he previously was the cutest of Borg. And apparently he still has some, like... A residual. Residual. And like, yeah, deal-y. They, they tried to... Oh, um...
2: Ray and...
0: And Troy sent some messages, right? Did,
2: did some psychic mumbo-jumbo to try to interfere with Rubius' connection to the Borg. Oh, okay. So there was a mental that's battle... That's what was happening. Where he was marshaling yes. all the Borg...
0: So and
2: so everybody else the used Borg the Borg. Yeah, the Borg
1: took to the opportunity actually to actually <laughs> called out to Picard. Right. Remembering him as Locutus and still having an opportunity to connect because they don't want to be assimilated by Rubius. Right. So they're calling out to Picard despite the fact that no matter what happens they're still enemies with these people. They would rather use Picard to help themselves be liberated in this particular moment. So they call yeah. out to him and the Borg that is clutching Picard slightly loosens its grip, and Picard notices this. And Picard, sensing this image coming to him from the Borg, this idea, literally just steps forward and punches Rubius in the neck. I notes. thought
0: they were gonna tell him to do something really clever, but no. No, they just, just tell him to go. in the nose. Well, they, they just weakened the grip of
2: the one that was holding
0: Picard. Right. right.
1: So he could. But they told Picard mentally to step forward and punch Rubius for some reason it works. Well, yeah, I mean, it's been like a series of distractions, I
0: guess, right, with the explosion and the psychic homo-jumbo and the being punched in the nose, and the culmination
1: is that Sailor Moon is able to break free enough that she can moon-healing escalation, and it's Rebus's mind is too distracted at this point, having been punched and square in the face and everything else. And it's like a
0: big old, like, shockwave of moon-healing magic, and so she's freed from Borg assimilation, and... Our yes. poor red shirt back on the Enterprise is also a freedom Borg yes. assimilation. Yeah, um, it's not as much of a red technology. Shirt
1: According
2: yes. to the,
0: the Star Trek
2: story flow, that person they must die. According to, the Moon story flow, that person lives. Less lit. That's right. It's Moon Healing
1: Escalation. Yeah, occurs and whatever what uh, what the dub uh, version of it was. Mm-hmm. Wait, is that the whatever, one? Yeah. Moon yeah. Healing escalation is not the dub version. No, no. <sighs> escalation sorry, is never, too fancy a word. Ever remember the dub names? Even though it's the first thing I saw, I'll never remember them anymore. It's been, like, 16 years. You can't years I, I don't think it's the most important point here. No, I know. But I'm just shocked that I can't remember the dub name since I watched the dub for, like, seven years or so. But it's been, like, 17 years was, since then, so. Moon
2: Crystal Healing Activation.
1: Activation. activation. Oh, that's because that's right. so... Different. Much more topical well, than escalation, which doesn't It I is mean, it is though. You've got activation to admit. makes more sense, yeah, I got guess. To admit. In English, but like barely. Barely, okay. <laughs> Look, she's like, activating the moon healing magic. Or oh, she's escalating Yeah, the but that moon... doesn't make any okay, sense. Okay, you're right. Look, <laughs> I, I, nonetheless. <laughs> I love the Sailor Moon Japanese attack names. It's just they don't make any sense. No, no. Like, I know, but the English ones don't make that much sense either. I'm sorry. Moon okay. healing activation doesn't it make admitted. that much sense. So,
2: either, the, so, so they magic so. the Borg stuff away. Yeah, and yes. then
1: the remaining Borg kind of grab Rubius and are simulating him,
0: and the Enterprise has an opportunity to, like, shoot the Borg ship a whole bunch, and they do? Well, they explode the
2: uh, the Warp core on the shuttlecraft. Is that what happens right now? That is what happens right yes. now. Okay.
0: Well, in any case, the Borg ship is kind of falling apart, and the Sailor Scouts get to Sailor Teleport everybody out to safety.
2: Mm-hmm. Which I, I would love trying to explain to a bunch of space-age people. Just get in the middle yeah. of the
1: circle, and we're going to hold hands, okay? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. You're going to teleport. Well, no, no, we're going to Sailor Teleport. are <laughs>
1: teleporting and comms are being jammed. So almost oh, yeah. everyone in the Enterprise thinks that they're going to be dead. They're actually activating warp at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're,
2: they're getting but out of the glass radius.
1: The Sailor Scouts are able to use the Sailor Teleportation, which they're iffy about. They don't know if it's going to work with this many people but it does succeed. It is so, absolutely more thankfully. than they've ever transported
0: in canon, yes. so I like that nod to it. Yeah. Um, it was good, yeah.
2: But it works when they appear in um, 10
1: forward in front of uh, yes. Whoopi Goldberg. And everyone is grateful. I, and Guinan, yes. You would think... <laughs> Stop calling her Whoopi Goldberg. The suspension of disbelief is being ruined. Okay.
0: Usagi and Rey and
1: <laughs> Oh, No. <laughs> Now, you
0: would think that that would be really close to the end of the fanfic, but it's not. you think that would be the end of the fanfic. There's a
1: lot actually, of falling action. Actually, this is my favorite part. There's two part. Uh-huh. falling action. <laughs> well, there's a chapter and there's an epilogue, which is very long. Which was a chapter, yeah. Was yeah, no, chapters. it was quite long. <laughs> but I actually appreciated it.
0: So one of the it. one of the main deals is that Usagi... Is that Serena is really traumatized by her experiences. <laughs> <And> Skagarina. Skagarina. <laughs> is that is really traumatized by her experiences. And so, like, they spend some time just kind of, like, in the future of the Sailor Moon universe until, like, they're pretty sure everyone's mentally okay. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, Troy tries talking to... I, I can't call, I'm calling her Troy, but Diana you know, Deanna, counselor. Counselor uh, Troy. Counselor Troy kind of tries talking to her, but, like, also, like, Darian really wants to talk with her, and she's like, look, she'll come to you when she's ready. Like, don't pressure her. And she also manages to set up, like, she feels like the person who... Can talk to Serena that would be most useful is Picard, and that's very reasonable, and that's like a good yes. character beat for everybody. Yeah, the experience. Considering right, it, yes.
2: Picard's story was the template for yeah,
1: yeah for this whole story. story this one, yeah. And this is you know the great thing that we've been tracking up for this whole time that like they do spend so much time in this last chapter, mm-hmm. and then again in the epilogue, if, especially in the last chapter, trying to get Serena to deal with her trauma mm-hmm. that Picard has also experienced, and that he obviously hasn't fully dealt with because he's not willing to confront like to help her yet because right. he hasn't fully Accepted it. If he had, he would be able to help her right away. Yeah. So, you know, Deanna and Ray both want to help Serena with this. And yeah. maybe we're not quite here yet, but... No, no, we're just, like, going through the whole, like, yeah. last chapter and epilogue. Like, we'll bounce and around. Deanna and but Ray it... both want to help. So they confront Picard to help Serena. But he's hesitant as well. So it's really interesting to see that, like, these last two chapters are, like, all the character elements we missed through this we're going to bring them back in now. We're going to make these last this last chapter and the epilogue, which is quite long as well, a full mm. chapter as well, um, about her recovery from this trauma, mm. which I think is hugely significant. Yeah. So, and, and also about Picard's recovery from trauma.
2: It's kind of more in depth than Sandman or Star Trek goes into at the end of any no, episode. No, no,
1: yeah, you're right. And I think it, it was kind of great. Like I really didn't expect it. Especially because yeah, this was like... I agree. So least... far it's been so action-chopped. like yes, Kind of least, a fast-paced,
0: um, like yeah. breezy sort of fanfic. Well,
1: Absolutely. You know, the least emotionally deep thing that we've dug into, honestly, so far. Well, it was at a point. point. It was paced and structured like a Star Trek episode. Mm-hmm. And yes.
2: this broke away from that. Yeah. Star Trek episode would be, it happened, they have calm music, they talk about it for 30 seconds, fade to black.
1: Yeah. Also, though, I do think, you know, I was going to say, like, they had less emotional involvement with the Star Trek characters as well in this episode until the end. So I do think they were kind of trying to compact all of the human like character emotions into the end. You I, know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know I
2: said that the I think the point of the fanfic was to get to the phrase Sailor Borg. But I think the actual point of the fanfic was these last couple chapters where they just wanted the Star Trek crew and the Sailor Moon crew to be friends, to interact. And this
1: really turned it around for me, too, because I was like, why are they focusing so little on the characters? Like, this is less interesting to me. Like, not the action isn't interesting. It was. It was fun to read. But I was like, where are like, these human elements that I want to see? And they really did pack them in to the last chapter in the epilogue. They really did.
0: So there's a couple of things from this last chapter in epilogue that I want to talk about. The party Mm -hmm. scene. Uh, Party scene. Well, you you can talk about your own scenes also, but for one thing, (laughs) uh, there's a little bit of plot set up for the next one. Like, they collapse the wormhole that connects the two universes using a torpedo and, and... Star Trek science. Because that
2: makes
1: sense. And, yeah. And well, Q, which Q thinks it's a bad. Idea.
0: Q is like, no, no yeah. don't do that. And they're like, uh, no, we're going to do it. And he's like, okay, she's not going to be happy about this.
1: No, he was like,
2: you can do that if you want to be stupid.
0: <laughs> right. yeah. And they're like, okay. Yeah. No, if Q is saying it's a bad idea, then by all means, keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, well,
1: because normally Q is kind of just a dick. So.
2: But right. On, on the other hand, Q does know everything, so sometimes Q is right about those sort of things. Right. Mm. But,
1: you know, Picard doesn't want to think that. And, and that's fair. Yeah. And. Uh, and there is, like, a, a post-credits
0: tag sequence, whatever. Like, at the very, very end, it's like, oh, Pluto, because of that, something, something, probably leading into the next fanfic. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to talk about from these last two chapters is when they're, you know, getting ready to leave. Um, Worf has been training with the scouts on the holodeck, mm-hmm. and, like, he feels a warrior's bond with Lita. Yes. And oh. yes. Uh, that would be Sailor Jupiter. Oh,
2: okay. Yes.
0: <laughs> and I'm as a parting gift... He gives her a bad left.
2: Yes. Which is awkward and unwieldy.
0: Well, it's awkward and unwieldy. I'm just going to say... It is so cute. It's cute. I spent a lot of last fanfic, the Evangelion one, remember, mm-hmm. complaining about how it was going through the series episode by episode with minimal changes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've changed my tune. I would be all for a fanfic that goes through the Sailor Moon episode, <laughs> episode by episode, except that Lita
1: has a bad left. I know, right? Like, it's never... Like, yeah... Anyway, it's dope that she gets one, but like, it doesn't appear in the series. Obviously, well, that's why this we is need the fan fiction. That's but. why fan fiction is here to fix yes. these,
0: you know, horrible errors in the original. <laughs> right. Just occasionally, <laughs> but, like,
1: disembowels a monster. It'd be great. <laughs> That'd be sick.
2: Or just kill uh, the also, Because yeah,
1: it. Warf respects her as a warrior, which I think is great. Like, mm-hmm. especially for her character, as she was kicked out of her old school for fighting. Mm-hmm. But no one ever really acknowledges how, like, what's up with that? Like, some people seem scared of her at her new school.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, she's got a reputation. She's been kicked she has out a of reputation. a couple
1: a But, you know, in reality, she is very soft and she is very sweet and she cooks and she grows plants and... You know, oh, yeah. it's, but nobody it's ever acknowledges clear. that she is actually like really fucking tough. Even aside from being a sailor soldier, mm-hmm. she is really fucking tough. Mm-hmm. And Wharf does acknowledge that, and I think that is a kind of a sweet kind of relationship. I think it's very <laughs> cute. Though I don't like all of the teasing that occurs in the party epilogue. Oh yeah, yeah, Sex yeah, because yeah. they are fourteen. Yes. Um, there's a lot well, of Lena and Mina are also supposed to be have been like stalking hitting Riker. on Riker all the time.
0: And, and you know, yeah. I
1: understand where that's coming from. I get it. Like from the Sailor Moon, they're always hitting on guys. And Riker's supposed to be a hottie, even though I think he's fundamentally ugly. That's just <laughs> my opinion. I'm not sure Riker's um, a hottie
2: as much as he is just a
1: he's a hottie established player. Pl- yeah, playboy in the thing. But like he's trying to avoid these girls, which you know, that, oh, I guess sure. responsible is responsible on his part. My main point is like, what is attractive about Raker? Nothing, nothing is attractive about Raker. Okay, moving on.
0: <laughs> Where's Wesley Crusher and how old is he supposed to be? Do like you, 14. Okay. So <laughs> that would be more appropriate. Why is there no
1: Wesley Crusher in this? There's zero so. Wesley Crusher. Okay, actually, I, age appropriate I, for this. But come on, do you really? But, really but nobody wanted I hate Wesley Clean. <laughs> nobody likes Wesley. That's why he's not in this. And I respect that. And like they mentioned him. By name, Beverly the whole time. mentions him. Yeah, yeah. Like my son is the stage. My son like, is the stage. And like, let's keep and Wesley I'm, away from these people. Yeah, I am fine with that. I'm fine with that because fuck Wesley. Yeah, I'm actually. What a pretentious little piece of shit. Okay, moving. On. You could have hung out with Rini. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> realistic. So. Is there anything else, like, that jumps out at us from the end well, chapters that we want to talk about? I mean, the only thing I want to say is that, like, you know, yeah, we jumped into the party chapter, and they have a big party, and a yeah. going away party, and that... The, they have a big party in 10 forward. Yes, yeah, in 10 forward, and that's, like, all the characters interacting, and it's kind of cute, and, like, Q shows up and causes some mischief to Artemis, and it, that's all kind of cute, and you get more character interaction, but actually, in the last t- chapter, you know, you almost think the fanfiction's over in the previous chapter. Was that chapter 6... Was it then chapter seven, seven is the, the last epilogue? one? Yeah, yeah. seven the last one? Yeah, I in chapter six, right. you kind of think I it's think seven, over. The epilogue. Seven, they really acknowledge the trauma that has happened to Sailor Moon mm-hmm. and has happened to Serena. And she speaks to Picard and she spends a month in counseling. Yeah. But, like, she spends a long time very despondent and not speaking to anyone and really regretting everything. And, like, the only thing I feel like goes unacknowledged is that... It seems like what they want her to accept, like what the author wants her to accept, what Deanna wants her to accept, what Picard wants her to accept, is that um, she didn't have control of mm-hmm. this and it wasn't her fault. Now that's one part of being, you know, uh, of uh, surviving assimilation by the Borg. Assimilation by the Borg, which I think is an analog for like being in an abusive relationship, and mm-hmm. especially in this situation, that's one part. But another part is is like accepting not. Like I think the big thing is you feel like when you feel like you had no control, a huge part of that is trying to regain control in your life and I feel like it was overlooked that Serena needed something to have control over like maybe that's me reading mm-hmm. a lot into it but like when all control is stripped from you it's not just about accepting that it's not your fault a lot of it is like trying to relearn a sense of control over your life. And I feel like they did overlook that part of her recovery. Yeah.
2: And I think that's all a good point. I'm not sure the fanatic the itself was that deep.
1: I don't I don't think it was. Yeah. But that is what I felt from it, was they were trying to intimate, you know, there was an implication here
2: Yeah.
1: that assimilation was, you know, something that stripped her of all control. Yeah. And what they did was say, you need to accept that because you didn't have control, it wasn't your fault. But nothing they said indicated something that you know I felt very strongly, which is regaining your sense of control over yourself and your life. She's so I just feel like going they, to have they overlooked to. that step. However, they implied it in the sense that she went through a month of therapy before she could return to her home. And I thought I was very responsible that the author said, "Hey, this is this is real trauma." So. How we give props to the author in that front. She will continue to exercise
0: control over her life by blowing up diamonds with enormous pink hearts. There you go.
1: And hopefully that will work out for her. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, so she went through therapy, she went through counseling, she went through a lot, and she came to the point that she was. Yeah, and right. I respect the author for acknowledging that that is a part of a healing process in any situation, in any recovery. Especially because these... <laughs> people, like, go through so much.
0: So did you have a least favorite part of the fanfic? It's the last
1: chance to complain about things right now, yeah. <laughs> I think I've aired my complaints. Mm, I, feel like,
0: I feel like we have, too. I mean, the characterization of a lot of the Sailor Moon characters is thin compared to some of the Star Trek ones, and we've talked about that. And that is the main thing that jumps out at me. I, I kind of think that it's nice for someone to have set, like, an attainable goal with what they were trying to accomplish with the fanfic and just, like done it well. Yes, I
2: think what... It, I wasn't a fan of the last two chapters in general because I thought it kind of really broke with the oh. with the pacing of the yeah. fic. Mm,
0: it no longer felt like Star Trek. Huh?
2: It, it was I no agree. longer a Star Trek yes. episode. It was a Star Trek episode with a Santa Moon fanfic attached on the end of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I also really didn't appreciate the random sexual tension between Sailor Moon characters uh, and Star Trek characters. Yeah, Yeah, no. actually,
1: yes. That, yeah. really, 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 that was horrible. <laughs> that really took me out of it at the end of it. No, that was pretty horrible. And it kind like, of
0: comes out of nowhere, too. It's just in
1: like that last chapter. Yeah, I mean, it,
2: it's like everybody has something sexual to say to the Sailor Scouts all of a
1: sudden. Yes. Right? And it's funny, like it's, it's a good joke for Star Trek, because they do it in Star Trek. It's like a funny kind of like... And data it, tries to explain sex well, without understanding that it's taboo. But these are 14-year-olds. And that's and not that's something they do in Star really inappropriate. Yeah. No, and it's not something they do in Star And it's really inappropriate. That's also just kind of like a rehashing
2: of a Star Trek joke they've done before. Like, yes, the yes. Data just talks about the exact time
1: and date since his last sexual encounter, which happened. Right. It
2: was like episode three or something of the first season.
1: Mm. And, yeah, all of yeah. the stuff in next-gen about sex is treated kind of weird. And, you know, it, it rings true to next-gen, but not in a way that I like. Yeah. It's also <laughs> something I liked about next-gen. And to have that involve these 14-year-olds is just wrong to me. I don't, yeah, uh, yeah it was messed
2: up. I kind of didn't like the pacing of the last two chapters because I actually did really appreciate the pacing of the rest of it, the mm-hmm. action-packed mm-hmm. Star Trek episode. Right. A lot of the times you hear about a crossover fanfic and you get kind of excited and then you kind of get into the nitty-gritty of it and realize, oh wait, that's not actually that exciting. But they still managed to keep it pretty interesting and flowing for the most part. And that was yeah. something I really appreciated yeah. about it.
1: Yeah, oh, I really appreciated that too. Like, I read just like an next episode for most of the fic until, like you said, Dawn yeah. the kind of ending chapter. And, like,
2: thing. for the entire time in my head, I was... D- I was hearing Picard and the Star Trek actors actually singing his lines <laughs> yes, and their voices. I, agree, I know
1: it was, it was They did it quite well. the The dialogue was perfect.
0: Yeah, you it know. Was speaking great.
1: of, if we're gonna get you know, moving on to maybe things we oh, yeah. like.
0: Well, we we've praised a lot about the fanfic. It's yeah, more like, is the there anything? Perfect. That, is there anything that we feel so. like we haven't hit? I guess that we want to say. The dialogue was incredible.
1: Yeah, uh, that is what I want to say. the The characters in the next gen characters, maybe right. not the Sailor Moon characters as much. I mean, I haven't watched of dub, maybe. I, Yeah, I don't
2: have a lot of info on the characterization of
1: the dub characters. Right. I didn't think it was that spot but on. That, it was okay.
2: Now that you mention that, the characterizations but, of the, um, the next gen characters were all the dialogue flowed pretty well. It flowed, I mm-hmm.
1: heard their voices in my head. Exactly. It was really perfect. Yes. Yeah. Like, Data talking, Beverly talking, and talking. It was absolutely perfect. I think that was brilliant on the audience part. I really do. They yeah. must have really watched a lot of Next Gen. Like, they must have been really into it because it worked. It really did. Yes. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, I know I chose this because I knew both of you would have a lot to say about Star Trek, and it seems <laughs> I was right. Um, I'm choosing the next fanfic. For a similar reason, because we're going to do a Digimon fanfic.
2: Ah, uh, yeah. We're reading
0: the post-series, post-02 Digimon fanfic. It was my youth. Uh, we're going to throw a link up there at bit.ly slash RFR youth, I think, is probably the best choice. Um, Excellent. I And I've seen less Digimon than I've seen Star Trek, so <laughs> going to be... You said this is post-02, uh, so yes. this,
2: this is after uh, Digimon Kaiser roll? Going
0: yeah. on. Um Kaiser. all. Well, thank you, Dom. <laughs> I love that. Uh, if that's what happens in O2, then yes. <laughs> it's okay, Amando. You don't have to understand. I understand digital monsters and you, Digimon. You, uh, did you, you
2: understand d- that that they're the champions?
0: Um, aren't they only sometimes champions? No. 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 Digimon, Digital monsters. They're...
2: Digimon are the champions.
0: Yes.
1: But they're only sometimes. No, like... no, no. They're the champions, of motto. Don't try to contradict us. Oh. So they
2: change into just digital monsters to save the digital
0: world. Yes. I'm yes. sure we will learn more in the fanfic, It Was My Youth. Digimon, digital
1: monsters. <laughs> this.
0: <laughs> this was episode four of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, A Borg to Remember by Bill Harris. Again, you can find a copy of it on the website, The Best Sailor Moon Fan Fiction on the Net, or our quick link to that site at bit.ly slash rfr, Sailor Trek. I'm Amato. I'm Tori. I'm Dom. We're just three Earth lifeforms trying to be nice to each other. <laughs> Until next time, take care. Three to beam away. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Retro Fanfic Retrospective. The intro song is The Weekly Fair, off the album Pofi's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic. Have questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode? Send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com. Iruka.
2: Hmm? How much?
0: <laughs> no, like, that, like, Imasuka. Mm. We read a poem in Japanese class in college that was like, Iruka, 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 Inaika. So it's like, Dolphins, are you here? Dol- <laughs> dolphins, are you gone?
2: Iruka,
1: Iruka. I love that. Oh,
2: my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Oyaji-gaku.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it went on.
2: Uh, All there's, right. there's also, um, Doitsu ga Doitsu. Mm-hmm. Which is the German per- person. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs>